This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are, you know, good they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers.
Yeah, jihad, a jihad, a jihad, a jihad. Welcome, 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 everyone. It's uh, me, me. Yes, the uh, the trash panda dog is back, back in his home after a uh, very, very. Um, oh, hang on a second. I'm just chatting with Charles. I think we can screen. And uh, yes, we are going to do a uh, another stream with Charles Rixey, and we're going to be looking at the uh, latest uh, foyer that's come out uh, again. Is, uh, where's my guilty button? Is that working? No. God damn it! I'm trying to pick up all the pieces. Um, I look well rested, neuro aligned. Oh well, yeah. yeah. I guess you could say that somewhat. Um, I'm still, I'm still feels like the the earth is moving somewhat. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm settling back in. But uh, thank you. I had a. Uh, it was good to meet people on uh, or, or from the Discord community. Uh, you'll you'll know who you are, and of course, big heart for uh, Karma Doc and uh, putting putting me up. And uh, yeah, we just had a very, very uh, cool time. And uh, I don't want to—I don't want to um, preamble too much. Um, maybe I'll just do uh, this um, courtesy of Karma Doc. Remember, your government loves you, <laughs> and uh, um, that's us, uh, uh, Chateau Karma Doc, and. Uh, Messing with uh, boys' toys. And uh, what else do I need to do? If you've wandered in here and uh, wondering uh, who I am, my name is Dr. Kevin McCann. I am a systems neuroscientist. Uh, you can um, follow me on ResearchGate, uh, PubMed, uh, anywhere that you go for boring, dry scientific papers uh you can find my previous work there and of course now we're in uh what is essentially next gen warfare and this is the trench where you need to jump in mccandojo.com uh that's uh that's our little digital chateau and um, am i quarantining no i'm not quarantining uh should i pick again i missed it okay um <laughs> there you go uh, do, 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 do. and um, yeah just just one last reminder all this streaming I'm sorry I didn't manage to get more streaming done in the US I was just hobbled by tech um, I obviously need a uh, proper laptop not a little fucking it's, it's a relatively new one but it's an ultrabook so it's designed for battery life it was killing me um shitty internet connection everywhere and so i didn't i wanted to stream more on my trip and didn't uh didn't get to so um i apologize for that we're back now though and of course the grift must go on you can uh, support uh science for the public by the public uh, you could become a patreon uh you can hit the wtyl.live tip jar um stream flags and gay pal one of our um 
payment processors uh, is active, I believe. Then, of course, buy me a coffee. That should throw an alert up on the screen. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. I've got um, so many channels taken down. <laughs> Can't keep up. Right, so with that, uh, let us bring in the indomitable Commander Rixie. Let's do this. Boom. Charles. Ah, good to see you, sir. Uh, no, there you go. Can you see me and hear me? You don't hear me? Okay, there we go. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. We got you. Good to see okay. you. It's been a long time. Yeah, has been. Five minutes. <laughs> um, so, you know, I... I woke up from uh, my jet lag sleep um, well, three, four o'clock in the morning and you drop the foyer on me, which I think we should uh, lead today's uh, discussion with. We can get into other stuff as well. I know, I know people are sort of anxious to hear um, our commentary. Um, and uh, part, of, part of this... Uh, oh, hang on. I, just give me one second, Charles. I've got two sets okay. of comments on the screen, and I need to uh, boom hide that one. Yeah, that should be better. Um, okay, so uh, I'm I'm going to let you take it from there. I don't, uh, Charles needs no introduction on this channel, of course. Uh, we uh, salute him as always, Master and Commander Charles Rixey. Please tell the world what's been going on. Okay. Uh, uh, basically, there's just been more uh, information come out via FOIA that really just further proves uh, the watchmaker hypothesis that I've been working on. And uh, for anybody who who is aware of that, you will you won't be surprised. But unfortunately, most people aren't aware of that because we've not been able to get that information out as much as I would have hoped by now. Um, so, I, I mean, really, the best thing to do is, uh, well, to kind of put it all within the context of the larger argument. I think that'll be the most effective. Crypto Sherpa is asking, what's the watchmaker hypothesis in a nutshell? That's a good question to tee off. Right, okay, so so the nutshell, nutshell is that Dr. Fauci and a group of other leading international scientists made the decision to suppress and censor information regarding uh, two key aspects of, of the viral genome when the SARS-CoV-2 virus, uh, when the outbreak first occurred. Uh, one was the furin cleavage site, and the other was what's called the HIV inserts. But the, uh, most people don't realize that the furin cleavage site actually is within one of the HIV inserts, so we're kind of talking about the same thing. But the decision to censor those things 
had massive, massive ramifications and caused a lot of collateral damage. Uh, one, because they, they thus knew that this virus had a furin cleavage site, which meant it was very, it was almost certainly that exponentially increased the ability of the virus to infect other people. So infectivity went up to closer to a pandemic level. And they knew this because for decades they've known that the furin cleavage site is what, there is one of the factors that makes certain flu variants so contagious. And it also makes it so dangerous because it allows a virus to infect a much wider range of cells than it typically could. So the other key, one one thing that has I've recently been able to conclusively prove is that Fauci, at the very least, knew about this by January 13th of 2020, which means that he knew about the fear and cleavage site and the fact that this virus was incredibly transmissible before the Chinese had even announced that it could be transmit, transmitted between humans at all. So, but even after this meeting, there's teleconference uh, three weeks later, which is the reason why the, the, the new FOIA documents are unredacted versions of emails that came that describe what happened at this meeting. No, Charles has just dropped off, but the FOIA... Uh, yeah, we lost you for about 20 seconds there, bro. Uh, so you've got to that these are the unredacted emails that were FOIA'd. But that was US right to know previously, the first round. Right. Um, one second, I'm going to change. There we go. Oh, okay. I, I was changing my uh, my network. That should be a lot better. Okay. So, what was the last thing? So, uh, you were you were just getting to describing the FOIA documents, and I, I was just adding in as as it broke up that these these are the unredacted versions of the FOIA that was. I, I want to say it was U.S. right to know who did the first round of those emails um 80 80 how many thousands of pages was it that you had to go through uh that initial batch was 90 or i'm sorry it was eighty three thousand. Eighty three thousand. <laughs> okay so that's that's why uh you're the you're the subject matter expert i'm just the uh just the student at the moment, listen, listening to this, but um, one thing, one thing that I know and can smell is scientific malfeasance, and uh, we have a big steaming plate of it being shoved in our face right now. Um, so, it, well, we did the nutshell. So I think. Um, well, I also, well, I guess, uh, I should finish that. These new FOIA documents basically um, are unredacted copies of what of things that we've been asking about for a long time, and they literally just show that unequivocally they knew that the furin cleavage site was um, a very bad thing, 
that made it much more pathogenic. They knew it was in there, and they made explicit decisions to not talk about it. Well, and, just, and they just continued to not talk about it for six more weeks. Yeah, so as, as they, spring, knew, they knew that Furing Cleavage site looked bad. Even even in the redacted emails, that was kind of kind of obvious. Um, but um, there's there's a degree of clarity I think that's come now. I was I was scrolling through them as uh, I was getting ready to uh, do this stream. Um, but what for you is the most sort of explosive? emails in there that um, are new for people? Uh, one of them, the most explosive thing for me is that um, there's one from Christian Brosten where he's asking, or he, he's offering his comments on a working copy of the Proximal Origin paper and basically he says that why are we spending so much time focusing on the Fury Cleavage site when nobody even knows about it yet? And that's not the reason we originally were getting together to talk. We were originally getting together to talk about the HIV inserts specifically. And so he, so he was confused because he hadn't, he wasn't one of the authors on that paper and he was trying to figure out why they weren't, those weren't even mentioned. It was only the Fury Cleavage site and the receptor binding domain, which is another key part. It's it's another key part of how the virus interacts with the, the cell, but it's not tied to the HIV inserts directly. So uh, I think we probably um, sh should just do a reminder about why and how these HIV inserts are so key. Um, well, and, well, so that's kind of like I was... I'm trying to access my the the brief that I gave for um, Crimes Against Humanity tour, so that way I can so that way we can kind of set this all up instead of just diving directly into it. Because the bottom line is is that what happened today is that there was further conclusive evidence that the Watch Waker hypothesis is is true, and the fact that. And so basically, they knew that the virus was highly transmissible, and they waited, depending on who we're talking about, either six weeks to two months before the Proximal Origin paper was finally published to tell anybody about it. So a few other people were talking about it. A few papers were published, but they had known before all of that, and they kept quiet. And basically what that means is that the world's leading scientists and public health officials, whose job it was to protect all of us, waited until everybody actually locked down two months later to point out the fact that they'd known for two months that this was bad and that they should have done it sooner. And then the other half of it is, is that the long COVID that we're seeing now with the, the group of, the galaxy of symptoms that were that we're now talking about is almost certainly tied directly to these inserts as, as a group because the other three inserts deal with being able to infect what appears uh, being able to infect 
immune cells directly, which, as you may notice, as you may, you may understand, that's exactly uh, what HIV does. So those two things are, uh, have this massive collateral damage, and the censorship, the censorship that is talked about in this FOIA documents, once again, is was directly designed to hide those two specific elements of the genome. Right. Did you see? Did you see the? Uh, sorry to go off on a tangent, but um, no, go ahead. <laughs> did you see the uh, uh, White House press conference today? Uh, it's Fa uh, Fauci's last one. And, no, I, I heard that. I didn't see it. Yeah. So there, there was a whole bunch in it, but the, the part of it was them how they were going to deal with misinformation and um, how the strategies are in place. And, Oh, I've got an echo coming back. Right. I might have to turn down your speakers or something, but okay. uh, room cancellation. But um, it was, you know, behind the um, language used for press conferences, knowing what we know right now, these people are incorrigible. And... Um, their their claim right now is that the vaccines are cutting deaths and hospital stays. They say there's new data out. I haven't seen that yet, but um, it it was a major push for gene transfection. Um, gene transfection, obviously, with the OG Wuhan spike plus the Omicron uh, variants plugged in. And I'm I'm of the opinion we're still trying to figure out the fallout from that, and we have to be um, open to uh, as many hypotheses as reasonably possible in, in the current environment. And yes, when we're talking about complex syndromes like uh, these post-viral um, states, um, it's it's important to know and understand things like purine cleavage sites and the impact that that would have on people's biology um the you know the number's pretty consistent still 30 30 percent post exposure are suffering some form of long-term the long-term problem persistent problem and yeah so you know i'm speaking instead of you but yes you're you're very right to hone in on these on these details and not let them go in my opinion well exactly why i'm doing it because the longer that we keep pretending this isn't the case the worse this is going to be and uh and we can already see that it's incredibly bad now, if this is, if it's what we think it is, then that means that everything that we're seeing now, about the excess deaths, about the exponentially increasing uh, incidence of cancer and Alzheimer's disease and even Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, which is mad cow disease, basically, um, these are all things that are happening. All of that is... <laughs> is tied to these specific uh, epitopes or these specific pieces of the genome that we could have known about since the beginning. 
but they went through great pains to suppress the fear and cleavage site, and they, and they actually fairly successful at, at censoring any link between uh, the HIV inserts and anything else. And, and people need to understand that that is all directly tied to what we're talking about now. Yeah, so perhaps tell people what, what their official reasoning was for why we're seeing these uh, <laughs> HIV segments. There is no official reason. They've literally been trying to hide these things. They don't, they don't talk about them. In fact, there's I've seen on Twitter more than one uh, lab that receives NIH funds has been trying to get grants to study long COVID. And Fauci's NIH will not give them grants for that. Interesting. Um, so, I, I mean, my my understanding is is that um, they their their claim was that these segments are short and are thereby chance. Um, now, this obviously feeds into your watchmaker hypothesis, and um, you should perhaps expand on uh, why being sure is not a um, fait accompli with respect to rebuttal from their side. Uh, say it one more time. Uh, why, why the sequences being there by random chance is not possible. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, well, um, <laughs> oh, geez, okay. Um, I think that the best way to approach that, oops, if I can get this to work on my end, is, is a screen share yeah. and it kind of go through all of that um, simply because there's, it, it's kind of hard to, uh, answer that question without because, being able to uh, show yeah, people things. Yeah. Um, now, I will say, uh, I, I'm trying to to merge two PowerPoints together here real, really fast. So, if you want, you can take a minute or two and just kind of uh, cover anything else that you need to real fast before we dive into that. Um, well, you know what's what's been my take on this. Well, right from the beginning, when Pradnam paper came out, um, again the the whole scientific process seemed to have got turned upside down on its head. The actions that we saw, especially in retrospect, were entirely and meticulously coordinated um, to to the point where, yeah. Um, Every every sort of access point where we try to get out this type of information will get shut down. <laughs> so, interestingly enough, Charles, the last uh, stream that we did, um, I streamed it to two YouTube channels. Both, they didn't have strikes. They nuked those channels straight away. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, this is this is my last fallback one. Uh, for the moment, but um, yeah, folks, if uh, don't don't um, don't expect this to be uh, this channel to be here in a few hours. 
with the information that we're, we're going to go through. Um, this is, uh, again, highly coordinated. Um, they're, they're very much trying to cover their, their backsides, their asses right now. And um, we're, we're a fawn in their side. And they, they know to come looking um, for me and for Charles and to try to shut down these, uh, these discussions. Um, they don't want you to know about it. The, uh, what was, I, I don't know who this new guy coming in is to replace uh, Fauci, but um, he basically makes a claim in this press conference. He was like, um, you should listen to our top clinicians and not some random dude on Twitter. That was that was sort of literally his words, and you know that just that just tells me that what we are doing across these social media platforms is rattling them, and they are they are spooked and nervous because um, there's a there's a bunch of us out here who can read through the science and can read these people and see them for what they are, and. Um, yeah, just folks, just uh, mccandojo.com. There you'll find links. WTYL.live. That's our stream. That's our streaming platform. They can't take that down. Um, and we'll we'll continue to fight. Um, from my perspective, I, I've got no intention of stopping. And um, we'll fight to the last breath, son. How about that? How's that PowerPoint looking? Yeah, well. <laughs> It's good. A lot to, there's a lot to merge because uh, I'm pretty sure people don't want 300 slides. So, yeah, well, we do we do long in-depth streams, Charles. So. Trying to trying to trim it down slightly. <laughs> 200 then. No, I mean the reality is just that there's so much evidence that that goes against everything that they're claiming that it, it's overwhelming and i think that's part of the problem is that there is so much evidence that that it's hard for anybody to follow and i think they've been banking on that this entire time they've been using that to their advantage yeah it, it's it's the um technical um edifice that people need to get over or, or come up to and you've people have got to get a, a, a handle on this and I'll say it again science now it's like the law um, you can't claim to be ignorant of it and you need to you must stay on top of the data and the concepts that are coming out um, these people um, what's that song she blinded me with science what's Oh, what was that movie? Kelly Kelly LeBrock and uh, uh, where they make where they make the girl with the computer like the the two from the eighties. What was that movie called? Uh, weird Science. Weird Science. That's right. Weird Science. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you know this this press conference um and when they're saying um uh, 
that there's the gene transfections are saving lives, etc. Um, I do, and I know it's stupid, Peters, but yesterday there was uh, a documentary that came out. Uh, Suddenly died, I think is the title, and they actually show some footage from the embalming process. Did you see that? Yeah, and um, man, there's nothing, there's nothing normal about that. And the science, we have the science to explain it. They don't want to. They're trying desperately to cover it up and confuse people in the process, right? In the, in the hope that they sort of turn to. Uh, more authority type um, sources, but you know we we've seen how they've pivoted, prevaricated, straight up lied, um, and you know I think I think people should be right to be suspicious. You should be suspicious anyway when doing science. You should always be skeptical of any data that's being brought to you. And you know, in in this instance, we're dealing with people that can bring data that essentially have this uh, command of infinite resources and access to the the major feeds of information. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a tough fight. We're three years into this, Charles, um, and I, you know. I, I, I saw Fauci walk out the door today. Um, he looks like he's got some gait problems, actually, as I, as he sort of walked out, which was interesting. I hadn't seen that before. I just I just wonder if uh, the gene transfection is uh, working on him. I, I assume you didn't say uh, gay problems. No, gait. Ah, okay, yeah. yeah. I just want to verify that that is, in fact, what you meant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you never know. Well, not with me, right? So. <laughs> I think I've got, uh, I think I've got a workable setup here. So, okay. uh, let's see. Let me see if I can screen share. I've never been very. So it's bottom right-hand corner of. Smart with this. Skype. No, that's right, because we, we typically use Zoom. Zoom. I mean, if if it's easier to do Zoom, I can, I can, I've got Zoom. No, no. Uh, although it's not, oh, there it is. Let's see if this works. Um, and we'll do, let's do desktop, I guess. Boom, that worked. All right. But, there we go. Hang on, you're sort of hiding in the corner there. Can I move you? Ah, I can't. Uh, you, you have to be hidden in the corner, bro. Sorry. That's okay. I don't care if people see me or not. All right, January 31st, 2020. Let's get it yeah. on. So, uh, basically, all of this can be tracked back to January 31st because on January 31st, 2020, 
there were two papers that came out. One in particular. Uh -oh. There we go. This one was written by a group of Indian researchers. It's called Uncanny Similarity of Unique Inserts in the 2019 NCO Spike Protein to HIV, GP120, and GAG. And the bottom line from this was that they were they were pointing out that there were four pieces of uh, four amino acid sequences within the spike protein of the new virus that looked a lot like uh, pieces from the HIV, for lack of a better word, spike protein, which is called GP120, and that obviously should raise some eyebrows. And what's interesting here is that this tweet is from Trevor Bedford, who was a scientist who became part of the cover-up. And what he, what he said was that this is a tiny, tiny sequence and in no way suggests engineering. These sorts of small indels occur all the time in natural evolution of SARS-like coronaviruses. Which is an interesting choice of words because that's basically what a guy named Bill Gallagher said in a post two days earlier on virological.org, which will uh, become more important shortly. But, but basically, prior at this moment in time, the furin cleavage site was not known to the world to exist within this virus. So the thing that makes it supremely infectious to a whole bunch of different types of cells was unknown at this time. And so Trevor Bedford literally stated that it was a tiny, tiny sequence and in no way suggests engineering, which is the exact opposite of the truth. Oh, and by the way, feel free to interject at any time. This is, this is not like a okay. thing that we can't interject in between. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, January was a, a hell month for me as I was recovering from SARS. I, I remember the dyspnea and just not struggling to breathe. But I can I can remember the information beginning to leak out about potential lab origins, um, and yeah, a lot a lot of pieces began to fall into place for me around this around this time. So, um, it's just a tiny sequence, Charles. Little, little piddly sequence. And no way suggest engineering, which is BS because the entire reason, literally the entire reason that um, for the gain of function pause, or the, the original reason, was because they, there had been experiments done, one in particular that made the 1918 flu virus infectious to humans because they were they were they had a bunch of ferrets and they were making them sick with it and the virus was passes in into these ferrets and very quickly the, the virus evolved to be able to transmit via aerosol and then if i remember correctly it was a furin cleavage specifically that it evolved but prior it did not have this capability that's interesting i didn't know that um, yeah so what ron fauci i don't remember if it was fauci or kawaoka 
now because they were both working on, on that same virus. Or, I'm sorry, I take that back. One was working on H5N1 and one was working on the 1918 virus. But in any case, the furin cleavage site was known to be the thing you just don't, you don't do, you don't need to do it because you already know it's going to be bad. And nonetheless, they did it. And so for Trevor Bedford on February 1st, to, to specifically highlight insert four, which, as we now know, that was the furin cleavage site. Or the furin cleavage site is the, it's, a, it's the PRRA at the end of that. And he, that was the part that he was specifically stating in no way suggests engineering, which is a, is a straight up lie. Yes. And it, it, for, the, for those that haven't read the uh, FOIA releases, I highly encourage you to do that because they're straight up discussing um, how it could be made in the lab and how uh, <coughs> the process would be needed. So... Um, Charles is, Charles is not uh, embellishing um, information here. We lost the uh, PowerPoint presentation, dude. I see a picture of myself, a stream of myself. Um, I remember that one of the things you can do here is that you can edit to make it to where I can float. I was trying to see if I could figure out how to make it float, but uh, show me. No, it's not that important. Let's go back. Um, I don't know. Hopefully, I can. Um, there we go. <clears throat> oh, that's sweet. Let's take your ugly face off there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, so the reason why I wanted to point this out is because I went back and. I went to virological.org because on virological.org, which is a it's a message board that all these virologists use, they had um, the, the guy that's, that's that's pictured, Robert Gary, his mentor, had put made a post two days earlier on January 29th, where he'd said that, where he had basically announced it was the first time anybody had even discussed in the English language the existence of this fear and cleaning site in any way that was accessible to the public. And so he explicitly pointed that out. But whenever on February 1st, which was so after, after this Indian preprint came up, everybody panicked. And so they, they called for this meeting between Fauci and Farrar and all these scientists and Robert Gary was one of those scientists. And after that meeting, in, in an email, he wrote that, <laughs> well, all but the perfect insertion of 12 nucleotides that adds the furin cleavage site. Well, guess what? That PRRA that Trevor Bedford was referring to is the 12 nucleotides <laughs> that adds the furin cleavage site. Um, the S2, so the other half of the spike protein, is essentially identical. So I really okay. can't think of a positive... Just to clarify, you mean, you mean identical to other SARS-like viruses? Yes, I'm sorry. So similar to the original SARS or to other SARS-like viruses, um, 
that part of the spike protein is is well known to be very stable, which is also makes it uh, strange that they would not choose to use that in vaccine. But that's that's a different argument. <laughs> so basically, well, can't you make the argument that they have used it in the vaccine? Because I mean, essentially, it's a codon optimized full spike protein that's supposedly being um, made. In, in yes, but but they didn't need to use the furin cleavage site itself, and and that's something that um, like that's been a key argument of mine. That's why I went back and looked at all those other the vaccine construction, which I'll talk about at the end. But basically, all the proof, the mounds of evidence that they knew exactly what they were doing, and they would always remove the furin cleavage site from the vaccine. And I should also note that at this. At the time when this had taken place, they didn't, the public didn't know that there was a furin cleavage site. Like scientists in general didn't know that there was a furin cleavage site. But Fauci had, because he knew that three weeks earlier. And so that's really what's sick about this, is that not only did he know about it, but he knew that it was in his vaccine because they had had to make the decision to keep it in the vaccine by January 13th. And that was the first time they'd ever done that before. Right, and, and actually, they've never done it since. So, and this comes on the back of that video. I can't remember if we played it the last stream or not. Um, is it the? I want to say one farmer head or something, but they, where they say that they they remove. Isn't it a question from David Relman in, in in some conference, and he asks about this, and they say, "Oh, we'll we'll remove the." Um, We'd never put a furin cleavage site in a vaccine, right? As it just so happens, I've always got that saved, so we can find that almost instantaneously. Yeah, wonderful. Because you're right, that is incredibly, incredibly important, and they never talk about it. Ghostery, sir. Ad blocker. That's what you need. I'm too poor for that. No, it's free. It's free. No sound. Um... Yeah, so... <clears throat> Let's see. Why well, we don't hear sound? Maybe it's just... Uh... Okay. So, so hopefully you'll be able to hear it when I play it, but... Um... So I don't know if there's going to be an echo for you, but hopefully not for everybody else. But basically, I, I didn't hear anything when it was just playing a second ago, or the ad. So um, You didn't hear the game, but yeah, I had the volume down. So. Oh, okay. um, but basically, the, this little segment, there's a 30-second piece where he, he, he basically says, we would never put a furin cleavage site in a vaccine. And if we... If we ever find it in a batch that spontaneously mutates or whatever, uh, we always destroy the entire batch. And that's, that's what's about to happen. But one thing I want to point out is that the person who's going to be speaking is Philip Dormitzer, who later in 2020 was the head of vaccine development for this mRNA for Pfizer. And the other person sitting next to him is Ralph Barrick. 
yeah no sound send me the, send me the link in the chat dude i'll i'll play okay um, dang it okay yeah because it's it's important it's, it's uh a crucial important. bit of the evidence okay the key part starts at 5150 and actually i'll need to i also need to unshare so uh, the back cleavage meant that uh, the virus. I don't know if you hear it. If I do this, you should be able to hear it, I think. We. You're now in control, so. Yeah, yeah. So just, just tell me, do you hear this? Came out of the cell, ready to infect another cell. Uh, cleaved by an It's very quiet. Why, why is it so quiet? Quiet for me, but God, I don't care if I I hear. I already know what they say. All right, so I'll, I'll just hit play. Body, so there was biological plausibility, and yes, it, and then there were certainly not loss of function experiments where you could attenuate. And I want to make sure I get this right. I think at some point there have been uh, gain of function experiments. Perhaps some of the other flu virologists here could could correct me if I'm wrong. If those have ever been done. Uh, but I probably, I would imagine once they knocked it out, they probably restored virulence at some point, because normally when you do a knockout, you want to then yeah. put the factor back in and make sure you got it right. So my point is we so. oftentimes know what's dangerous because we discovered it. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't, it was, it wasn't a revealed truth. It was yeah. <laughs> experimentally yeah. determined. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Please. Uh, Greg Colbuns, George Mason University. I have uh, two questions. Uh, first, um, yeah, I think, I think that might be it, but, um, yeah, straight, straight from the horse's mouth, as they say, uh, that, that they knew the functional implications of these peptide sequences, um, these cleavage sites, and, um, well, I, I think we're, we're seeing the, the consequences of what that what that means uh, writ large but um let's uh let's try and bring you back on screen okay so yes there they they knew about these the importance of these sites and um damage control was going in what was this february 1st so the day yeah, after so so actually, so this February first, this was literally just before that teleconference took place, that he tweeted out this. But it was the next day, in February second, where Robert Gary sent in his his comments, and he literally said, "Well, ironically, this when when he was one of the five co-authors in the Proximal Origin paper." And the, in that paper, they literally state the opposite of what he said in private just then. So that's kind of a big deal to me, so, anyway. So let's just read that out. Uh, can, can you just go back? I just want to. So I, re I really can't think of a plausible natural scenario where you get from the bat virus or one very similar to it to NCOV, where you insert exactly four amino acids, 12 nucleotides that all have to be added at the exact same time to gain this function. That, and you don't change any other amino acid in the ST segment. I just can't imagine how this gets accomplished in nature. That was Robert F. Gary saying that. Yep. There you go. 
Yep. And then the day after this, February 3rd, when they, when they held another meeting, both of these people were at that meeting <laughs> where they were once again talking about all this. So they, they can't possibly like not know. And here's, here's the real key from this paper is that the, the, in addition to the Fern Cleavage site insert, the uh, inserts one through three all happen to be at the outermost points of the, of the variable loops at the exact spot they'd be most accessible and most hydrophobic, which means most um, uh, <laughs> the, the strongest, basically the strongest connection and, and most attractive connection possible when for it needing to infect cells. And those three receptors together are, are what is needed to utilize or to be able to infect immune cells, certain immune cells in the human body. So the fact that not only did they exist, so they could have been random, but the problem is, is that they were, they were in the precise spots that they would need to be. And I would argue that how did the coronavirus genome, how did the virus know that these additional pieces, which are the, which don't exist in any other coronavirus, how, how did it know to insert these, and not just insert these random sequences, but in the exact spot that they would be needed to be most likely to interact with, with cell receptors in humans? Uh, so that's high, that's highly, what... Highly functional inserts just, just happen. Just happened, Charles, to... Uh... It, that's statistically impossible. The, the first part, yes, it, it's theoretically possible that you could have these sequences. But to have the exact parts of those, of the variable loops of HIV, it would be necessary to connect to the appropriate receptors and then have them in the best possible place on a completely separate virus to make that virus also be able to do what the other one can do is... I would assume that the odds of that happening are greater than the number of grains of sand on all the beaches and all the planets and all the galaxies and all of the universe. So that is what the paper that that they were trying to smother. That's what what it was saying. I know. Just to just to go on a quick tangent here. Someone's asking, do I accept a pandemic amnesty from the mainstream? No. Not at all. I don't know how you feel about that, Charles, but uh, no amnesty in my book. Uh, yeah, Negatron. Negatron. Yeah. I don't, how could you possibly have amnesty when they've made... They're still trying to use this. Everything, all the tricks that they've tried, they're trying to use them all in the future. And that's terrifying. That should terrify everybody because... Instead of telling us the truth, they're trying to double down on their lies, which is disgusting. They specifically pointed that out today. They're going to keep carrying on doing what exactly. Um, okay, so what we're looking at here is oh yeah, so so this basically is just a little side thing, just to show the extent to which they were censoring, and this is. Um, Twitter followers, and uh, 
uh, Paul Thacker, who's like a science investigative journalist, he had gone to uh, Angie Rasm Rasmussen's um, Twitter and gone to the Internet Archive and looked at it to say, okay, well, why does Angie Rasmussen, who is a non she's not well known as a virologist she hasn't done anything with any note why does she have 300 or 400,000 twitter followers and he discovered that it turns out that she exponentially gained followers um, just before they started talking about this narrative just before the proximal origin came out and so what I did was I went and looked at a whole bunch of different virologists to see if there was a similar trend. And sure enough, uh, Trevor Bedford was actually the biggest um, gainer from this. And he was, Andrew Rasmussen, they were not alone because a whole slew of virologists had massively exponential growth in their followership all in February and March of 2020. And this is before the coronavirus was, became a thing or became, before there were lockdowns, before any of this stuff. They started becoming, they started being boosted by some unknown force. Well, and uh, it's uh, all those laid off workers from Twitter. Right. <laughs> the bots. Release, right. release the bots. So, so magically, they're, they were able to figure all this out, and they all became superstars overnight. And they all also got verified, virtually all of them got verified by Twitter around the exact same time, within the same week of March 21st to March 29th of 2020. So it's, it was obviously not random, it was not grassroots, it was not, you know, it, all of this was planned or at least intentionally coordinated to construct a narrative. Oh, and by the way, if um, another guy who's coordinating with him, John Cohen, he just got rid of his Twitter account yesterday, the day before today, when uh, some of the FOIA documents that came out are showing that he was part of the cover-up, too. Um, so there you go. Oh, and here's, here's another one. Here's Florian Kramer. Um, for instance, he, on in January of 2020, he had 1,700 followers, and by March 26th of 2020, he had 53,000, and that's continued to to expand. And he's not an important virologist. Um, uh, I'm just saying, he's yeah. not important. Oh, and guess what? Also, uh, Trevor Bedford, the same guy that said. The, the HIV thing was stupid. Immediately after that, immediately after that, he started having exponential growth in his followership. And so he went from 4,500 followers, oh, oh no, he went from 4,500 followers to, by March 29th, 187,000 followers. And I, I went and checked, and that actually, that daily average is higher than Joe Rogan at the same time during the same period when Joe Rogan, starting out, had 8 million followers and he had 4,500. <laughs> the fact they expect, expect people to just bite down on this and just 
I believe. <sighs> right, but this is what they did. Mm. I mean, and so I'm sorry, Trevor Bedford, if, if you're watching, but there's not a chance in Hades that for six weeks he was more popular than Joe Rogan on Twitter. This is not the case. Um, that's, that's not how it works. So obviously that was fake. And, and so, but why would somebody go through this? Like, that's the whole point is why would, why would they expend so much effort to try and build this false narrative? And well, we know the answer. The answer is because they know the truth. <laughs> and they don't want us to know the truth because if we did, then we would, uh, well, we'd probably have different feelings about how this pandemic, well, like what this pandemic was, how they responded to it, and how we should feel about science in general. Because it was all, all covered up. Yeah. And so, like, whenever I, whenever I did this brief, and I've, I've made edits since I actually gave the talk, I kind of introduced, you know, some of the scientists who'd been working on a lot of the things that went into my watchmaker paper, and obviously, <laughs> you're one of them. Dr. Fleming is one of them. You know. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. You're welcome. And you know, Joanna, uh, JC, uh, Rosanna. Um, yeah, Adrian Jackie there as well. Um, and What's good that? See, Jackie. Um, yeah, Jackie. Um, good to see him back and, on Twitter. You keep going, bro. And Dao Yu, and, and and also at the bottom left of the of the little square of nine, that's Major Murphy, who released the diffuse documents. Um, he was he was the re, he was the person who submitted the IG whistleblower complaint to headquarters Marine Corps, which is how Congress found out about the diffuse proposal. <laughs> And they already, and so they learned about it uh, not long before uh, Drastic released the diffuse our analysis of the diffuse proposal. And uh, so basically, as we, uh, oh well, I've got a little another graphic that that shows um, in the very bottom corner. There's like a there's like a list of three names. <laughs> I don't know why that's on this, on this slide, but that's just showing the. Um, it's showing the Twitter followership for, for like me and JC and Ethical Skeptic, and it, what it shows you is that, um, that all of us were in the top 025 percent in terms of having numbers of followers, and at the time I only had 11,000. Ethical Skeptic only had 147,000. So out of hundreds of millions, Ethical Skeptic was, you know, number 76,500, mm -hmm. the top. 0.299.98 percentile among everybody on Twitter. So just imagine that if you go back to you know here and you see Trevor Bedford, who now has like 400,000, um, or near 500,000, that's a lot. That that puts him within the top five to ten thousand of all Twitter users, and he's just some random scientist who. You know, so that's 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 how we know that all of this was fake. Um, it's <laughs> mind blowing, dude. That 
it, it's all fake. Sorry. I mean, if, and it, I, I, this was just me introducing myself, you know, just talking about what my background was. Basically, that, you know, I knew a lot about WMDs, then I started getting into Seaman Defense, and then there's my wife, there's my kids, Beautiful. minus my youngest kid, because, oh, oh no. Hey. There, there's my youngest kid. That's sweet. Uh, and, and she was like six months old when the pandemic started. So her entire life basically has been, she's been in a bubble created by this pandemic. Mm. So thankfully she's not old enough to remember any of it. But the, our, her entire life has been consumed within this same span of time. And it's just disgusting. Yeah, I, you know, I was, I was thinking, you know, three years I've been doing this, and you know, the little break that I've had, I needed, I needed to get away from this desk, and you know, it was, oh yeah, it was good, sort of getting to meet you and hanging out, and um, I, I needed that <laughs> to know that there's real people, <laughs> not well, bots, um, you know, you're not a deep fake bot. <laughs> I mean, and here's half of them, here's half of Drastic, and, and all of us, we've all spent so much time for free trying to figure all of this out. And what people need to understand is that as we've done this for free, this entire time, the, all the garbage and fake science and narrative stuff that's been published in peer-reviewed journals, all of that has been paid for by U.S. taxpayers or, you know, from other countries. All of it. The scientists who are defending this, who are lying to us, have been being paid by us to lie to us about what's actually happening. Yeah. And we, we, we really, really need to remember that. And the person who doles out all this money is Anthony Fauci. So... Um, that well, that's just that's just my my reference project. It's just other which, stuff. Which is doing. on ResearchGate, folks. Um, oh yeah, so you should follow Charles there. Yeah, this this Excel spreadsheet, which actually now has double the number of tabs at the bottom, um, it has double the number of sources. It has like almost nineteen hundred sources now. But basically. This is one of the projects that I did to kind of um, collate and just gather all of the, the various uh, news stories and articles and videos and everything that I could find that, that relates specifically to the origin in some form or fashion. And so it remains the biggest, I mean, this, the US Right to Know has, has something kind of similar to this that has about 150 articles uh, but this this is about no, nearly 2000 and this has different sections that that cover uh, it shows charts and everything with that show the intensity of the censorship and um, there's different sections that have all the links to all the major FOIA collections and everything that Drastic has ever written and everything that Peter Daszak has ever written um, um, there's like 450, well, now there are about 450 uh, articles on one of the tabs. 
that relates specifically to gain of function. And one uh, of the things that's not on here is the, the, the watchmaker hypothesis. I've got more than 500 such links that specifically related to that. It has its own set of tabs as well. So yes, that's, that's a big, big project that it, I've it, always made free and available. It's, it's the big daddy of um, references and uh, resources. Um, I, again, I encourage everyone get a ResearchGate account, um, follow Charles there. Um, it is a stellar bit of work. Just want to, there was a question in the chat, which I just wanted to address some more. Sure. Uh, said, so everyone that got COVID, even without the shots, was infected with HIV. Um, more, you, you were exposed to peptide sequences that are part of HIV. Now, um, I think, I think there's, mounting evidence of the impact on um, the immune system from both both sides of the equation, um, be it gene transfection or um, exposure, infective exposure. Um, the... I don't I, personally. I don't think everyone's coming down with um, AIDS uh, a, a, anytime soon. Um, <laughs> but uh, never, never say never in the current environment. So I hope that well, hope yeah. that answered. <laughs> the real, the, well, the real key here is that what those inserts do. It's not. This isn't giving you. you know, this isn't HIV self. What it is is it's it's giving another. Skill. It's giving another Swiss Army knife uh, tool on these SARS-CoV-2 spike proteins, so that when you get COVID-19, um, one of the things this virus can do is directly infect immune cells, which is that's that is not very many viruses can do that. But here's the real nasty part: is that also on a different part of this virus, not the spike protein, there are segments which have the, which basically what they do is they suppress your body's interferon signaling. And what that means is that as you're becoming infected with this virus, normally your immune system would sense that something is there and so it would send um, various aspects of it to, to go fight these infected cells. Well, this suppressing the interferon response allows the virus to spread much more before the body becomes aware of it, which this is terrible because this is something that HIV does not have the capability to do. It, it has its own mechanisms, but this is a capability that comes from bats specifically because bats have a suppressed uh, signaling for interferon, which means that they can get infected with these viruses but it doesn't trigger their immune system, so it doesn't trigger the inflammation, it doesn't trigger the fever and all this other stuff that typically happens when you get infected, which is why they make such good carriers for different viruses. And, uh, and I so think by making it... There's good reason, it says in the Bible, right? Don't eat bats. Even, right, I mean, it's, it is a good reason. <laughs> <to> <laughs> they, they even knew back then, before they had molecular biology. <laughs> 
Exactly. They're just dirty. <laughs> Don't eat those that's, things. That's the, that's the problem is that is that there's not just like one piece of this virus that makes it look suspicious like it could be unnatural. There's 80 billion. And this interferon suppression is also one of the main things that makes it clear that this is not this was not meant to be like a vaccine virus. Because if you were making a vaccine, you would never put a furin cleavage site in there because you don't need the vaccine juice to spread to different cells throughout the body. You only need a vaccine to protect or to, to interact with the immune barrier, which is, you know, in the skin, it's in your muco mucosa. So it's in your nose, your mouth, your stomach, etc. There's different barriers in different places. But when you inject it directly into your arm, you're actually bypassing that. And, and this is why a lot of inoculations in the past, they would, they would either be like cowpox, where it was on the skin, or it would be like the polio virus, which the best one was oral. And it, the entire purpose of that was to not bypass the immune system. So, if, so on top of that, you would never um, include, there would never be a virus, even like a live attenuated vaccine with a whole genome that would have a segment that interferes and dysregulates your interferon response. That is just, that's insane. Because you also wouldn't have that and the ability to infect T cells and a furin cleavage site and a super antigen, which the sole purpose of that super antigen is to attract the attention of your, like, a, it's like an over attraction. It turns on your immune system way more than it should because it's trying to figure out what's going on with it. Um, and that super antigen is another thing, by the way, <laughs> that was a part of the US bioweapons program and other countries as well, as back, far back as the 50s. So the fact that, that the F, the fact that the Ethereum cleavage site is part of a larger sequence that just so happens to mimic a super antigen sequence which we've seen the effects. So we know that there's some super antigen present because we're seeing the effects of it. The fact that all of those things are together um, in the spike protein, in the same spots in the spike protein, that is, that not it's only is that a natural- Charles, my, my radar It's slightly suspicious. It's so somebody wanted, somebody wanted people to get this and they wanted them to have a massive immune overreaction and they wanted, but they also wanted it to be able to replicate enough before that point without being sensed by your by your interferon. Mm. So that's insidious. So by the time your immune system recognizes that it's there, it's too late. Mm. And that's part of the problem with older people especially, is once it's once it's there strong enough that it's able to infect the lungs and and get uh, in the lungs completely and you have pneumonia, you're toast, which is exactly what we saw. And so, yes, that, so all of that combined is, is, uh, well, well it's, it, it just, it's nasty. Yeah, it, and it raises many, many red flags. It should do for people who work in in the field and, you know, we get to this. Why, why have they all been so quiet? Um, 
I, of course, part of it is censorship, but the lack of people standing up is um, distressing, to say the least. Um, yeah. But it is what it is. That's why we're here. Well, I mean, th they couldn't know. And so the, the stuff that just came out, the FOIA documents, what it was was really just further unredacted portions of emails related to this February 1st conference. And so in the little talk that I gave, which I, I was basically explaining what my watchmaker hypothesis is. And in short, it's that um, Dr. Fauci and others censored uh, things from the very beginning of this pandemic. And then, and, so, and I talked about like how like what they did, like what that looks like, what the impact was. And well, then I his, talked to his daughter working at Twitter. Um, oh yeah, actually, that's that's something I don't know. Is I, I don't know if she still works at Twitter. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I mean, she might. I need have to just ask been, that. Yeah. I was going to ask uh, Elon Musk that. See if he responded. But um, and then uh, I'm not allowed you know, back on. I've tried getting back on. I got booted straight away. <laughs> they, they really don't like you. No. Um, so anyway, um, but basically there was censorship, and then I talked about, okay, what were they censoring, which we've kind of already talked about, and then what, were the, what was the fallout from that, what were the implications? Um, and uh, since, we've, since we've already kind of talked about it, I'm not going to follow this exactly, but I just kind of want to give you a sense for what it was I was explaining. Top tier memes, um, by the way. What's that? Top tier memes. Salute yeah, yourself. Yeah, well, thank you, thank you. I, uh, I made that one myself. I, I took one that was not as good, and I improved it. I, 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 it was gain of function on the, uh, on the means. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so, the, the, the key points to focus on here, um, and once again, I, I have not changed any part of this particular brief, because... All of it is still 100% viable. It all still applies. None of it has been disproven. And everything that keeps coming out keeps pointing to the fact that it's all true. And so for us, the key thing is just the censorship, what they were censoring, and what that meant. And so in this case, um, they released the genome in on February, or I'm sorry, January 11th of 2020. And within... And the dates are kind of weird because some of them are in China and some of them are here in the U.S. And so China is a day ahead of us. Like, well, obviously, you know, because Japan is also a day ahead of us. And but the bottom line is, is that within 24 to 48 hours, the uh, – I actually – I would have – I should have put here – it wasn't Moderna. It was actually the Vaccine Research Center that is – the Vaccine Research Center was created by Anthony Fauci. 20 years ago to specifically work on HIV vaccines because it was such a difficult task. And he, about a decade ago, kind of added to their mission the, the goal of making pan-influenza and pan-coronavirus vaccines. Um, and Moderna had partnered with the VRC starting in, well, in 2015 and 2016. And prior to that, they'd worked for, guess who? Uh, DARPA. 
Dartford was one of the first um, institutions to really fund early Moderna work because they were really interested in this mRNA technology at the time. And uh, so the, by the th January 13th of 2020, they had finished the prototype sequence for the vaccine. And what that means is they already knew about the Fury cleavage site. Why? Because they literally told us in, in peer-reviewed publications and in, and in press releases from Moderna, they literally state that one of their main decisions that they had to make was whether or not to keep that fear and cleavage site, and they kept it. So they, and once again, that means that they knew that this was highly infectious at least a week before China admitted that it was infectious at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm just reading through the that abstract there, the, the finding of four unique inserts, all of which have identity similarity to amino acid residues in key structural proteins of HIV-1 is unlikely to be fortuitous in nature. <laughs> right. um, mm -hmm. you, can, you can see why that uh, probably, probably gave uh, old Tony a bit, of a bit of a fright. Right, so he, so likely to be, unlikely to be fortuitous. And if, I think, it, if I could get away with it, I'd make that the title of my, of my book eventually, if I ever write something about this. I would want that to be the title, but no one would ever go for it. But, but that's, but that paper, <laughs> the unlikely to be fortuitous, that is the exact reason why the Fauci-Ferrar teleconference was called the very next day. So we're talking 24 hours after that. They were already sitting down and talking about the implications and what it meant. And the, this list of 12 people includes the leading scientific advisors for four countries, the, who, the people who, if not directly, then indirectly, were in charge of all lockdowns and all the, the medicines and everything about the response, the countries of the United States, the United Kingdom, Germany, and the Netherlands are all represented right here. And Australia. all of these people, all of the, well, and Australia, and all of these people suppressed the existence of the Furin Cleavage site for another six weeks after this meeting. For six weeks. So not only did they did Fauci not say that it was even that it was transmissible, but once everybody else knew, none of them said anything. Which it, just think about it on January thirteenth. On January thirteenth, only one country besides China had a case, which was Thailand. Well, that that knowingly had a case, which was Thailand. So if they had told the world as soon as they found out about this, there would have been a much better chance that this didn't become a pandemic. But they didn't. In fact, the, the entire rationale for making a vaccine for a, for a non-infectious disease that you don't know how prevalent it is, is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> but, but they started it and they waited they waited until human-to-human -human transmission had been announced, and then the next day was the first time that Moderna talked about the fact that they had a vaccine. 
And then it was two days later when, they, when China locked down Wuhan that investors started pouring in money to these projects. Because by that, because then they could see, okay, well, a vaccine might actually be worth money at this point. Right. So this, all of it, they knew all of this, and they didn't say anything because they hate you. Yeah, and sadly, fueled by the Trump warp speed program. Um, well, yeah, but remember, the Trump Trump didn't know any of this. Mm. Um, in fact, that's what this next. This next meeting, that's why this next meeting is so crucial, is because, so in the first, they talked about this threat. Okay, oh, holy crap, there's this, there's this, there's this virus, and it looks like it might be unnatural. What are we going to do? And by the 3rd, February 3rd, uh, another meeting was called between, uh, and it was hosted by Anthony Fauci and Kelvin Drogemeyer. And Drogemeyer was the presidential science advisor appointed by Trump, who his job is literally to, to, you know, provide advice about scientific matters to the president of the United States. And he was also the chair of, of the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy, which, so like science policy dealing with um, regulations for science, he was in charge of all that. And he and Fauci held a meeting and the other speaker at this meeting, the other main speaker, was Chris Hassel, who was the chair of the oversight board created after the gain-of-function ban. Uh, he was the chair of that secret board. So if, if there was any research that was risky, he was supposed to be kept abreast of it and provide his recommendation on whether or not to have it go forward. And so he was speaking at this meeting. And so were a bunch of scientists from the meeting two days earlier, and all the implicated people as well. So Peter Daszak, Ralph Barrick, etc. So just all-star cast right here. Yeah. And the goal, the meeting objective at the bottom of the screen says, to assess what data, information, and samples are needed to understand the evolutionary origins of 2019 ENCODE and more effectively respond to the outbreak and resulting misinformation. Dude. So, and by the way, Kelvin Drogemeyer never told President Trump about this, and I know that because I, I hypothesized it, I postulated it, and uh, I was told by Congress that that was true, that Kelvin Drogemeyer worked, colluded with Anthony Fauci to hide all of this information, all these links about the research and everything from the President of the United States and his administration. And, and that started on February 3rd. So there you go. There you go. And when I say that, that they were, that these, the censorship started in 2-3, what do I mean? Well, I mean that they literally started censoring science after that. How do I know? Because I went through the 2000 articles and, and whatever that are in my resource. And I've been tracking it for the last two years. And I've shown in many different places at many different times who the people were and who was censoring. And I've also shown that, it, that all of these people tied back to these two meetings, all of them, either directly or indirectly. And, I, and this is a page that lists like 
some of the key papers. I haven't updated this in like nine months, but, but basically this shows the ties. Uh-oh. No. Oh, no. That Porky Pig I just saw there. It was, it was Porky Pig. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what, uh, what this is about here. But here's, here's a similar, here's the previous slide, but with pictures of all the, of all the people and arrows pointing to what they did. So when I say that they were directly or indirectly tied, I mean it. And here's the exact connections. Here's their faces. Here's the, the ties to the papers that they were writing. And, and it wasn't just these papers, but these are like the key like the absolute key ones. So this it's all narrative. And this is just a, a screenshot of what at the time was 1300 sources. And it, this just shows that in the very beginning, the, the, so the green that's on this page, or the, the green signifies natural origin like the person who wrote that, they were arguing for natural origin. And the yellow, the different shades of yellow and orange are a lab leak, if you want to look at that. So you can see that at the very beginning of the outbreak, it was, everything was being controlled by the, by the green. And in this case, the, the bright green means it was one of the people tied to one of those meetings or to the Wuhan Institute of Virology itself, or, you know. So we're talking about the scientists who are implicated. And over time, what you've seen is that that narrative has been pushed much to the side by, by all the evidence coming forward about the lab leak. And this was just, this list is a list of, and once again, I've updated this as well, but it's still roughly the same that shows the bias, um, either, either leaning lab or leaning towards a natural origin for different uh, publications. And the, the most important thing here is that, that all the key scientific journals were all completely on the zoonotic side. But every other form of media, every other form of, of, of news and commentary and, and stuff, whether printed or online, was heavily leaned away from the natural origin and has been since at least March of 2020. And the only reason we don't know that is because the person in charge was Anthony Fauci and he was, he was working with people to censor all of this information. We Animation, nice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so... so. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to ask, um, when were you last updating that list? Um, well, I mean, I updated last week. Okay. So okay. instead of 1,300 articles, I've got 2,000. And I've, I've, I've got other graphics and stuff. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's insane. <clears throat> it, it's actually gotten even more ridiculous since then, not less. How long are you not surprised if you... Yeah, so so these pie charts are just showing the proportion of of everything that's in my resource Excel spreadsheet. Like of all those articles, what percentage of them is neutral, lab leak, or 
natural origin. And you can see that whether you have the neutral or not in there, the natural origin is never more than 25%, ever. So this consensus that everybody talks about is BS. And when I did the math, when you take out um, all of the, if, when you take out the scientists that aren't connected to Fauci, there's only a 13% consensus. Right. I'm sorry, that when you, when you only count the, well, basically, the people who actually are arguing for a natural origin is 13% of everything. Right. Take them out. Right. When you remove all this excess crap, when you remove all the, all the Fauci directly tied stuff, it's actually 13%. And in the top six journals, it's even worse. Um, and now I've I've gone way deeper than any of this, but because now out of 197 articles that have been in the top six journals or the like the ones under their imprint, um, only four of them have leaned lab. So since I did this, there's only been one additional one. There's no, there's been a hundred more articles overall, but only one of them has been uh, open towards a lab leak. <laughs> And that, that was Jeffrey Sachs. Yes, exactly. That was Jeffrey yeah. Sachs' thing yeah. with penis. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. What can we say? That's a, that's another rabbit hole. But yeah. So so, like I said, we could go down eight billion rabbit holes here. Because, but the bottom line is, is that for the proximal origin, which the the FOIA documents that came out today are specifically talking about the Fauci meeting and the Proximal Origin paper, which directly came from that meeting. The thing that they're not saying is that they've removed all references to Bill Gallagher, because he was the person who, and I, I, I've got an image of it on screen, he was the person who announced that there was a furin cleavage site. He was the first person in the English language to say that there was a furin cleavage site in this virus in public. And it was just on this message board. The only, the only reason I specify that is because on the 21st of January, a Chinese paper had come out, but it was never translated. And he basically, and he says, I would note here two new findings. Basically, that there's a furin cleavage site. And then that there's Prediction of O glycosylation sites reveals a cluster of serine residues just before and after the cleavage site, with a high propensity to form a mini mucin patch at that site. It is positioned to protect the putative fusion peptide region and the native or pre-fusion Swiss model projection of the probable 2019 structure. Um, so basically, that's uh, that's kind of important, is what what he's saying. And, and and Robert Gary, so same day, Robert Gary says, I highly recommend this article. There was a book written by him, by, by Bill Gallagher, that laid all this out. I highly recommend that you read it. Most pertinent, it's got this fear of cleavage site. This is the same type of mutation that changes um, H5 influenza virus and other avian viruses into more pathogenic variants. The bottom line, is a new furin site upstream of the fusion peptide makes this virus more fusogenic in more tissues. And then Fauci looked at all that and said, you know what? I'm just, 
we're not going to tell anybody. We're not going to tell doctors and nurses how contagious this is. And, uh, well, and by the way, this I also found on here where, um, oh gosh, was it uh, Trevor Bedford, the same guy from earlier. I also was able to, to show, I found, I went back in the Internet Archive, and I could see on there that he had been on that message board on that same day that this was released. And there's, there's only like two posts that week. So he, we can be pretty confident that he saw this and he knew about the Fear and Cleavage site when he lied directly about it on Twitter. So, you know, but there you go. And then uh, I threw out some stuff about, okay, well, why is Bill Gallagher important? Um, and why would they censor him? Well, first of all, he discovered the fusion peptide in HIV which, by the way, is kind of important because it's almost identical to the one that's in SARS. Um, so in 1987, he discovered it. And then in 2003, he discovered the one in the original SARS. And his co-author on that paper in 2003 was, guess who? Robert Gary. <clears throat> and basically what this means is, is that even without these HIV inserts, there was another part of the SARS virus that was very close to a, a, the fusion peptide of HIV, which means what, he, what they said in that paper was, I bet that the fusion peptide inhibitors that we've created as a therapeutic drug would probably work on this new SARS virus as well. And they said, hey, we should probably look into that. And he did, and so did the Chinese, and they've since proven that that is, in fact, you could use these fusion inhibitors to great effect, which is a big part of this. So yeah, so so there you go. So right here, we, we can see that all of these people knew about all of these different things. And one of them was a co-author on the Proximal Origin paper. And, and this is probably why in private, Robert Gary was so adamant that this must have been an unnatural um, set of circumstances because because he had been working with HIV and he'd been working with coronaviruses and so he knew very well what was there and he understood the implications of what all these different parts and pieces would mean and so it's not surprising that he was the number one person arguing against it being having a natural origin and ironically amazingly when the, in the original, so not, not the version that just came out today, but in the original posting on this message board, the, the, like the preprint version of the Proximal Origin paper, the Bill Gallagher, there was a, a, there was a reference, one of the references was to this Bill Gallagher 80-page paper that he'd written. And magically, it, it, it was still there, um, up until the day that the, the final draft was published in, in the Nature Medicine or Nature Communications. But the Nature Communications one did not have that one. Now, why is that important? Uh, you mean Nature well, Medicine, right? Not, was, not Communications. In Nature Medicine, I'm sorry. Um, but, but, so why is that important? Well, um, 5.7 million people have read the proximal origin of SARS-CoV-2. That article is, 
has the third highest altmetric score, so the, the third highest exposure of any paper in modern history on the internet and in the media, on social media, of any paper out of 22 and a half million, it's number three. Number three. It's gotta come and, down, man. That's... Yes, and but nobody who ever read that paper knew that the actual arguments from that paper, half of them came from Bill Gallagher, because his reference was removed. That footnote was removed from the paper. Now, the only reason that I can think of that they would remove that reference is because they didn't want to highlight the tie with HIV. Because in his book, in his 80-page book, published the same day as, as Pratt Hen et al. et al. on January 31st of 2020. He goes into extensive detail talking about the HIV ties because he knows that it's a great way to attack the virus by using the fusion inhibitors that he helped invent. And he's, all of his references were removed from here. And not only was it removed, but Fauci has never, never funded or talked about fusion inhibitors for the use against COVID-19, even though the Chinese and other scientists from other countries have now proven that fusion inhibitors would work excellently against this virus. So he basically, he hid an entire class of drugs from the public because he didn't want to highlight this tie between this and HIV. Why? Because, I mean, we can speculate, and I would speculate that because he knew exactly, he knew immediately when he saw this, that this virus was not natural. But if he highlighted the fact that there was these HIV parts to it, and this fusion peptide piece to it, it would cause more people to be wondering about that tie. So instead, uh, they just called it a conspiracy theory. Yeah, it's important at this point to mention that um, each one of those loops come from different subtypes of HIV, right? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And that's actually another, that's another discovery that I'd made after I made this uh, PowerPoint was that one of the key arguments that was used against the, the Indian preprint paper one of the reasons they said it must be a conspiracy theory is because the inserts all came from different clades of HIV virus, so different variants, you could say. And, what, and that is a pretty good argument because when you look at it, if, if you try to find HIV's sequences that are similar to this, they're from different continents. So we're not talking about like, like different variants in, in different cities. We're talking about different continents. However, the reason, um, uh, what people don't know is that when I went back and looked at all these vaccine studies to look and see if there's a furin cleavage site kept or not, one of the other things I discovered was that for HIV vaccines in particular, they were explicitly using pieces from different clades because they wanted to get a broader uh, immune response. And in the hopes of creating a vaccine that could work against HIV, they were using this multi-clade multi construction. 
And in fact, not only were they using that, but they were using the, the three pieces, three or four or five pieces from the GP120, and then they were using one or two pieces from the gag protein, for instance. And that just happens to be, there's three from the GP120 in SARS-CoV-2, and there's one from the gag protein. So we're talking about very, even this, this, the way that they were constructing, like they would have constructed an HIV vaccine, they would, that's what these inserts appear. The problem is, is that, that these specific inserts, these specific pieces, are the pieces that they would always remove from an HIV vaccine. So they would, t they would cut out portions and combine them, but they would never keep these specific pieces because these specific pieces would cause a lot of problems, like with if you're in a cleavage site. And so not only did they know, but they, they went out of their way to always not use these specific things. Whereas in here, in this virus, they kept everything that they would never keep. That is incredibly important. And, you know, it's, it's not like GP120 wasn't associated with neurological issues, right? That, that's something that's been pretty well understood for, and, you know, it, it, the hand domain the, the with respect to HIV, I mean, it, was, it was a little out of my uh, working experience, but, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a stretch to say that this is a, this was a live attenuated vaccine that they were working on. Um, right, because they they just wouldn't they wouldn't have done it this way, because they do they know these parts of these viruses very very well, and so does Anthony Fauci by the way, Anthony Fauci literally wrote the reference for the numbering of the sequence of HIV. <laughs> so he knows what the gag protein is. He knows what the what the GP120 is. He knows what all of these are. Because these different epitopes, these different pieces are being cut and put into different things, and they've been used in trials for decades to try to make an HIV vaccine. So it's impossible. Because even if, even if Anthony Fauci was stupid and didn't know any science, which, you know, Kerry Mollis did accuse him of, <laughs> but even, even if he was completely stupid, the people, his vaccine research center, which made the Moderna vaccine sequence, they knew exactly what these were because they'd been making HIV vaccines. They'd been pioneering all of these techniques. In fact, in the VRC in December of 2020 was working on an HIV vaccine that targeted the fusion peptide sequence. And a co-author on that paper was Michael Warobi, oh, <laughs> who is the main person who's assisting in the defense of the natural origin hypothesis now. Right. So, so, to suggest that they didn't know <laughs> yeah. that these it's things were stretching credulity to it, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It, I mean, here and on this slide, literally all I all I do here is I take the excerpts from the Proximal Origin and compare them to excerpts from the book that was written by Bill Gallagher. And as you can see, and the, Gallagher wrote his first, and Gary basically took the arguments from his book and put them into the Proximal Origin paper. And then, in the final version, they removed all references to Bill Gallagher from there. 
even though he could have been a co-author. Well, I wonder so, how that because th there isn't sort of mention in the emails. I just want I wonder how that sort of went down in meetings and how it was discussed. And you know, there's so much there's so much that was done on burner <laughs> phones, right? Yeah, I mean, but that's <laughs> that we'll why never know. That, this is why this is so important to understand when anytime we talk about the FOIA documents, it's important to understand what they already knew at the time and what they don't talk about because they all knew and they someone made the decision to not put, to, to take out the reference to him. Somebody did it. And Robert Gary obviously knew about this because he, Robert Carey was aware that they took out the, the ref, direct reference to his mentor who had come up with the argument that they used for the Fury and Cleavage side. And so Robert Gary can't go back and say, yeah, I didn't know about that. Because he commented on the, he commented directly on it before that meeting and before he wrote the Proximal Origin. So this is plagiarism. Like, this is scientific misconduct, like proof of it. And I, just, paper... I just wonder if they've, they've had the conversation with Gallagher and just said, look, we've, we've got to try to keep this on the... Someone has, obviously. Because he's not, he's not speaking out. He's, um... he's not. So, so either he was stabbed in the back. Well, well, regardless, he was stabbed in the back by his, his protege. But we just don't know if he knew about it or not at the time. I assume that he did. But, but I mean, this is proof. We have absolute proof that this was plagiarized. And nobody knows this because nobody knows about Bill Gallagher. And yet um, he, he was able to churn out 80 pages of <laughs> scientific Correct. manuscript in literal days, hours. Yes. So somehow he knew about the Fear and Cleavage site. He was able to figure it out, or Fauci told him or something, but they, they didn't end up using his arguments. And so this, pay, this pic image right here shows the private versus public. Like, what do they actually say? Because in the Proximal Origin, when you compare um, what they said in private to the Proximal Origin, and I went and I, I, I took everything that they said in private, and it, the red lettering, the red words are saying if they spun that or if they just omitted it whenever they wrote the Proximal Origin. And basically, 95% of what's in the Proximal Origin is a lie. Like a straight lie. Yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> read through those emails and, you know, there's all the, they're talking extensively about how the Fearing Cleavage site got in there and of course. passaging is a, a consistent theme that's, that's brought up um, yeah they, they, they weren't just firing wildly into the sky here um, very very coordinated and very well nefarious I guess more than anything but yeah. Uh, well, yes, they were coordinating, and then, and so this picture was just showing like the, the level, the intensity of the bias for certain publications. And I've updated this 
this one as well, it's just not in here. Basically, over this was two and a half years worth of papers. And you can see that the the six the top six journals in the world, which out of twenty five thousand, the top six are highlighted and like the lettering is red. And all of them lean towards the lab leak. And on Not the y axis like going up, it shows how many articles there were in total at that um, in that journal or, or newspaper or whatever. And then on the 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 x axis the, the at the bottom, it's showing how much they lean towards the lab or how much they lean towards the natural origin. And uh, I mean, ironically, the newspapers have done a pretty good job with this, even the Washington Post. Uh, and the Wall Street Journal and, and the New York Post, they've all done really well. Even the New York, New York Times is only so slanted, but all of the top six. And when you look at science and nature in particular, um, like I said, it, in nature, there's, there, in all the nature journals, there have been almost 90, I think, almost 90 papers now. And only one of them has actually considers the lab leak a viable possibility. In, in nature, which one's that? In nature, well, it's it's the one at the very top of the screen on the right hand side. No, which paper? Basically. Which paper was considering? Oh, which which one nature paper? I yeah. it it wasn't in one of the. In fact, it might not even be. Now that I think about it, but but it wasn't in one of the main journals. That's for sure. It's I'd have to go back and look. One of its uh, offshoots. Right. So. Is that the it, French group? No, because that, they because uh, they I'm didn't even wasn't. It, it, nature might not even be, have been one of them because there was one in PNAS, there was one in Science, mm. and and basically there was the the Jeffrey Sachs paper that just came out in May, and it came out three days at, three days before I did this, and then the other three papers were all basically open letters written by scientists. <laughs> Literally, like one of them with Michael Roby and Ralph Barrick on his authors, the one in um, the one in science, yeah. So that's how that's how much that's how much they were trying to keep this conversation out of those main journals because they didn't want scientists to to read th about this, and scientists really only read. Like their own specialized journals, and then the top six. Yeah. So, yeah. so if they don't, if they never hear about it in in these journals, you know, then and the, and the thing is that assume scientists that just have a, a deference to these publications, the the manuscripts, if they've you know, because every everyone sets out to get their paper written you know your first draft is nature and science and you know I've, I've just got to get in there um and that there, there was a sort of understanding that yeah there was a, a high bar to get published in those journals but well they've blown any credibility that they had that they had yeah they, that's a good way to put it. And so, here we go. So, so we've already. So, what were they censoring? Okay, and we've already talked about it. Was, one of those things was the Fuhrer site, and then one of those things was the HIV inserts. And really, if you only look at those two things, 
and that's all I did for the watchmaker hypothesis, really, those two things alone have driven most of the nasty stuff that's happened in this pandemic. And so, the fa so basically, the collateral damage from Fauci's decision to hide this stuff has been, has, I mean, more people in, just in the United States, just in the United States have died because of these decisions than number of troops we lost in World War II, which was 400,000. So, so assuming that we didn't create the virus and assuming that, you know, everything else was on the level, more people have died because of that was hidden than in World War II for Americans. What a stat. So what a stat, so, dude. So when people say, okay, well, why does this matter? Why, you know, Fauci was trying to protect the science. Well, why does it matter? Because th that was the most fateful decision for the loss of American lives in history, more than any decision by any president to do anything, even engage in a war. So, so mind blowing. This, this matters. Mind this blowing. Matters. Man. <laughs> yeah, and once again, here's here's a list of the papers that were written by, by scientists who were at those meetings on the first and the third. So just the scientists who were at those meetings. 33 papers over, well, it's actually two months, not six weeks. Well, once a week, if we go back to the 13th. And the one at the very top that's in red is the Chinese one that nobody saw. And then the, the two in the middle are the ones, basically the, the, the post and then the book that were written by Bill Gallagher that the public really didn't see. And then the, the first draft and the final draft of Proximal Origin. Those are the only times that any of those people, or any, anybody tied to those people, talked about the Huron Cleveland site. Wow. So even though, even though, like, the, the French people, the team led by uh, Etienne de Crowley, and, and even though the, it, it came out that there was a Huron Cleveland site, these people didn't even that, talk that, about it. That's the paper that discusses lab origins, I'm pretty that's, sure. That was, that was the first one that even hinted at it. Right. Because... They saw the Fearing Cleveland site and they said, okay, well, this doesn't exist anywhere in this type of coronavirus, and yet it's here, which is weird. So, yes, that was the first time. And, you know, as I was scanning through those, as we talked earlier, and just looking through those emails, and um, so Proximal Origin, they were, they were aiming at nature, and... They were... It, it, it got rejected and I think that's uh, an important piece that needs pulling in here so you should oh absolutely yeah because so they tried to put it in nature which is one of the top two and probably would be the first one mentioned like so the top journal in the world they tried to publish their approximate origin paper in nature but it was rejected and what this like whistleblower who sent an email to John Cohen, what he said was, is that the reason it was denied was because they learned that the authors had been part of this meeting on February 1st, and they'd argued against it, and ultimately published the opposite in this paper. And somehow, like, that the, somebody who knew about this... I wonder if that was Gallagher. 
it may have been Gallagher. I mean, that, that's like that's actually a really good point. It might have been Bill Gallagher. Mm. <laughs> that's actually I hadn't thought about that because that would kind of make sense. Yeah, I just wonder. Because, you know, he Because he definitely knew. He would have yeah, known. And he would have dipped out on any... Well, royalties is the wrong word, but, you know, the, the use of uh, the peptide fusion inhibitors, I, I would make the presumption that there would be monetary gain for him had, had, had his words been taken... And, it's true. And put into put into practice. Yeah, um, I've got a feeling it might have been Gallagher that wrote to. Well, I mean, now I'm gonna have to think about that because that is that's an interesting little little nugget. I, the, the, there's at least a, a chance that it is him, because the, oh, the number of people who could have known about both the meeting and the paper mm. uh, by the summer 2020, it would have to be somebody that knew them. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah, I, I would, I would yeah. put dollars to donuts. <laughs> well, that's so, but that's why. I mean, that's why this is so bad because, because he knew about the past history and and in his book he he tried to warn people and um, and so and but he wasn't the only one trying to warn people actually because this this slide I've taken. Uh, the snip, I've taken the images from a slideshow that was done by uh, Joanna Dinert. Shout because, out to Joanna. Yeah, shout out to Joanna because before anyone else, like literally before anyone else, um, she was coming to the same conclusion. And they, what the conclusion she was coming to is that they had to know about all this. They had to know, they had to recognize these sensors because they'd been doing pseudovirus um, like chimeric construction of coronaviruses and HIV viruses and everything for decades. And, and, back, him, and, and I, I, I don't buy, as she offers a tangent again, the, the, this claim that pseudoviruses are safe. I'm um, just, a, just as a, a hunch, you, you did, these peptides expressing. That they, they, they will have physiological consequence, and yes, and we what, we what we're learning is that they knew a lot about these. They knew, they know, understand epitopes a lot, but at the same time, they don't know everything, and so there's there's certainly consequences. Even with if you're using any sort of like virus that is. It, in order to not use the full thing, if you're not using the full original, if you're mixing with anything else, there has to be consequences. Because, I mean, there just has to be. Just, just what a frightening first sentence in that abstract. Retroviral vectors derived, derived from lentivirus, such as HIV, are promising tools for human gene therapy. They mediate in vivo delivery and <laughs> long-term expression. Boom. Yeah. Oh, transgenes. Uh, how about that? Here we go. We've done our bit for diversity today. We've mentioned uh, yeah. trans. <laughs> yes, but 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 they've they've told us they they've sworn to us that that uh, a this isn't gene therapy, which of course mRNA so it is, but also the fact that that this can't possibly integrate into the genome, which is exactly what retroviruses do. 
if people don't know, uh, one of the things that they do is <laughs> is they can they can hide within the DNA and, and encode themselves into the DNA of humans. And some scientists who are not these virologists have, have pointed out that large portions of our human genomes have like ancient yeah, retroviral yeah. scraps in them yeah. that have been since used and turned into uh, things that were useful for us. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't really comment on the veracity of th those numbers because it's such an extraordinarily large, like 20% or something, uh, that they claim is archaic um, genetic well, I mean, yeah, we, don't, material. I, I mean, we can't I, say for sure, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, I know, I know says this does actually happen, so at least I trust him. When it's a, so, this is real, even if we don't like know all the specifics. But, but that's the problem: is that so when they've fiddled around with all of this, uh, like I mean, you've seen. It. I mean, if we could go through each one of these four papers, these are just four random papers. There's way more. I've got a list of five hundred. And just from these four, you can see they were, because they couldn't figure out how to make HIV vaccines, they still realized that it'd be really effective for um, doing other things that they might want to do. And they, so for at least 20 years, they've been mixing and matching parts of these viruses, specifically coronaviruses and HIV. And so for them, for them to pretend like this hasn't happened is absolute bullshit. And by the way, in China, in Geneva, <laughs> in Harvard, in Germany, so this is not just the NIH, this is everywhere. <clears throat> I bet. Oh, and this, this right here is just some quick images. The, the, these were a list of uh, pseudovirus and, and, and SARS vaccine research and MERS vaccine research as of like January 6th, 2020 that was found in emails, of course. And here you can see Ralph Barrick. Um, he was working on RSV vaccines, which, by the way, that's, that's big news right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and he was working on GS5734, which, by the way, is remdesivir to ah. treat MERS-CoV. So... Yeah, n none of this stuff happened yesterday. This is this has all been going on for a long time. And then, the really sh shitty thing about um, Gallagher being silenced, as, as we briefly touched on before, is that there was an entire class of drugs, an entire class of drugs, called antiretrovirals, that he helped invent, based upon this 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 uh, fusion peptide target. And he, even though he helped invent this, he, he, he was silenced. And what really sucks about this is that before the pandemic, in 2019, the Chinese had already found a coronavirus um, fusion inhibitor that worked from across several different coronaviruses, including MERS and the original SARS. So they'd already figured out that this could work against those viruses, and but they didn't, but they didn't do anything here in the United States, even though instead they hid it, 
even though one of the co-authors of the Proxima Origin, one of the people who was at these meetings, was Ralph Gary, who helped invent the very first one that, that got FDA approval in 2003. Just, just think of the talking heads and superstars, I don't know what to call them, but that have been pushing gene transfection as as the solution to this. Yep. Right. And none of them should be allowed to just walk away, just drop the drop no. the responsibility and walk away. I'm sorry. That that, that think, doesn't think about how many people died because this information was never shared. Because what I listed here was like the very first papers were the first one or the first couple were where um, Gallagher and Gary and others were pointing out this this similarity between HIV and the original SARS and this fusion peptide. So they said, hey, you, we, we can probably use the, the FDA-approved fusion peptide inhibitor for HIV for SARS, and we should try that. And so the Chinese and other people in other countries did do work on this over the preceding 18 years, or the following 18 years. And what they discovered is that it works against MERS. They discovered different ones that, one, that can work against different coronaviruses, and that was the one in 2019 that I told you about. Then, in 2020, in early 2020, um, Shi Xingli of the Wuhan Institute of Virology co-wrote a paper where they suggested, hey, we should try fusion inhibitors. And then six weeks later, they wrote another, they published another paper where they announced that they'd found one that worked for SARS-CoV-2. And then, in, in the two years since, they've since found out that that one and several others from different groups, they've, they've discovered like a dozen that work against SARS-CoV-2. And about half of those are pan-coronavirus inhibitors, which means they work against other coronaviruses too besides SARS-CoV-2. And uh, like three or four of those don't just work against coronaviruses, they also work against HIV and HIV-2 and simian immunodeficiency virus. So three or four of these work against all coronaviruses and all HIV. And we're talking about the last, the latest paper, the latest papers have been coming in the last couple of months. So this is, this has been known, and you know how many of these papers were funded by the NIH, by the NIAID? Zero. Zero. Ex except for the first one, I believe. Like the first one that Gallagher and Gary wrote. So Zero. I have to wonder at, at what point that was, at an institutional level, they were they were saying we're not going to we're not going to pursue this as a, as a research direction right that those meetings had to take place they did but unfortunately we'll never know because or we haven't known because nobody even knew about any of this because any scientist that could have like said hey you know any scientist that wasn't like actively hiding this they didn't know about the connection because all connections to this were removed 
in the proximal origin. In every other paper, they weren't even talking about the purine cleavage site, much less the actual homology between HIV and SARS. Which is the big drop today, right, is that, well, we mentioned it briefly at the beginning, which is Drosten basically saying, hey, hang on a minute, why aren't we, I, I thought we were doing this manuscript to dispel the HIV links. That's right. right. That's right. In fact, so, so Christian Justin, what we learned today, see if I can find it, because I've been, I was fooling around with different things here, but, but today he, he said that. So like, he, cause he realized, hmm, this is interesting. Why, why? Let me see if I can find it. Cause... You know what? I'm, I might have it. Wait there. I, can, I can probably read. I mean, I've got it. I've got it some. Oh, actually, I know where it is. I know where it is. I'll just have to. Do, do, do. Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> I, I, so I've got it, yeah. But the bottom line is, is, that, is that the original intent of these meetings wasn't just to talk about the furin cleavage site. It was to, to talk about the HIV inserts. And it's obvious, based upon what he said, that that was one of the things that they talked about. But they they never wrote about that, ever. Like, not once or twice or ever. Here it is right here. Let's bring this forward. forward. So here we go. So Christian Durustin. <clears throat> Dear all, I am overloaded with INCO patient-related work and will need a few days before I can work on this text. And this text he's referring to is they were passing around the, the draft of the Proximal Origin paper. <clears throat> can someone help me with one question? Didn't we congregate to challenge a certain theory? And if we could, to drop it. Which, by the way, was the HIV paper that... Yeah, had come out the day before that meeting. Mm. This whole text reads as if a hypothesis was obvious or was brought up by some external source forcing us to respond. Is this the case? It does not seem that this was linked to the HIV nonsense. And so basically what they're saying is, is that why is this paper that we're writing completely omitting the HIV inserts and focused so much on the fear and cleavage side? Which, by the way, once again, at this moment in time, on February 9th, they were not talking about the Furnic Cleavage site. In fact, February 9th was the same day that the French team announced it in a different publication. But the problem was is that even after that was announced, none of these global leading scientists talked about it. So it took a lot longer for this information to trickle out there. And so basically he's saying, why are we drawing attention to the Furnic Cleavage site? Because that just makes it look like we're <laughs> that makes it look like like this is the thing we're responding to when it wasn't. And are we working on debunking our own conspiracy theory? Well, guess what? He was exactly right. That's exactly what they were doing. They, what is, what? They, they, they were trying to cover up a problem that no one knew about yet. That's exactly what they were doing. So there you go. So That's a pretty damning... Uh, little document right there and what's really cool let me just let me show you these since we're we've moved out of the other one uh what's really cool is this right here because um 
the the recent paper by Alex Washburn and Tony Van Dongen and Valentin Bertel that talks about restriction sites that basically lays out, okay, this virus looks exactly like what you would want, constructed exactly the way you would construct it if you're making a chimeric virus. Because these restriction sites that are used to make chimeric viruses are in very specific places in the genome. And well, guess what they were talking about? But they didn't talk about publicly. <laughs> they were talking about restriction sites and how suspicious they were around the fear and cleavage site. <laughs> so there you go. This is literally from the FOIA drop from today. This was, these slides, this, these images are from slides that were presented to that meeting. They were, they were put together for that teleconference on 2-1. On that's what, that's what this is from. Busted. Bust. This is exactly <laughs> what they were talking about. So that's why that's why this latest set of documents is so damning, because it's even more blatant, obvious confirmation that they knew exactly what they were covering up. I mean, th that is I, I, like as soon as I saw this, I immediately within like a minute, I sent these images to Alex Washburn because <laughs> because I, I talked to him on Signal and I've known him for about a year now and kind of know. In fact, I tried really hard to <laughs> to push him to start investigating the origin. So I can't like claim the credit, but I was definitely cheering him on to to do it. And so it's it's great to see that he has really he's joined the fight and he's made a big impact. Yeah. yeah. Um, in fact, it was Andrew Huff who introduced me to him. So uh, um, anyway, but anyway, so yes, so the biggest news that came out a month ago was about restriction sites, and what were they talking about on February 1st of 2020? Restriction sites, and fear and cleavage sites, and all this other crap. Um, Slightly damning. You know. Well, to put it, mildly, the, yet they, they still continue to push along the same trajectory that they have been doing. Um, we we have to we have to hold them beneath the waterline. Well, and people people haven't. So everything that I'm saying, like everything that's in my watchmaker document, like the arguments that I make, those are proven. Like I'm presenting facts with massive amounts of evidence for each conclusion to just point out. So hey, nobody has ever asked about these, but here's the evidence. Like, this is not conjecture. You've seen no conjecture. I literally, I took 10 screenshots just to make this page right here, just to make this image. I took actually one, one two, three, four, five, six, I think 12. I took 12 screenshots from 12 different papers, put them all in the same thing, just to show all at once about these peptide fusion inhibitors, that the research was being done. This is all peer-reviewed research right here. And... Look, this, this sort of brings us into this domain of, um, you know, what what are we to do, and how how do we go about restoring harmony, and you know the 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 discussion has been in this sort of network about rejecting diffuse and um, and. <laughs> That's a crazy 
Um, Speaking of dogs. Yeah, crazy um, strategy to be taking right now where we, where we, we can literally hold people accountable. We've got all their names on these projects and we've got the institutes, we've got the organizations and we've got them banged to rights lying and correct you know, even even if it is theater to I, I don't know to throw off from what uh, I don't know to, to okay, I don't what could be worse than because if if this was theater and that ultimately they were going to like admit this mm. like the implications of this are so bad mm. that that you would never do this because even if this wasn't the truth this is not how you would you know this is not how you would like defer from something else mm. yeah i mean <laughs> because it, it, this is so damning by itself that you don't need anything else yeah it it, it it is catastrophic for these organizations and individuals to be being implicated in this um, it, i mean it's literally years and decades of prosecutions that can be brought from all of this. Exactly. And I, I just want to say that, that he, he didn't know that that was the next slide that was going to come up. <laughs> like to everybody watching, like we didn't plan that. No. And I, in fact, I didn't even remember. <laughs> but it was just the next natural thing to cover. Right, okay? right. Because, because this, is the, this is the reality from all these FOIA documents and everything else. What we what we sh see within this proposal is that everything that appears in the virus that we see now, that that we think is suspicious, that that we think is dangerous, that that is causing so much trouble, to the point of causing long COVID, most of the long COVID symptoms, all ties back to it was all listed in the diffuse proposal. Why? Because what was this in the diffuse proposal? Well, we're going to include, we're going to put human-specific cleavage sites into coronaviruses, into SARS-like coronaviruses. Okay, well, yeah, do we see that in, in the virus? Yes. Another part of it was, we are going to, <clears throat> we're going to use batified mice and try to, to tweak um, to see if we can mess with the interferon signaling. Okay, well, that's, that's the immune signaling in your body that we talked about earlier. Is that, in the is that in the virus that we see? Yes, it is. They also talked about, we're going to try to find a virus, try to find something that can utilize the DC sign pathway, which is, which in a less efficient way the first SARS virus could do, but they were looking for more efficient. And what virus does that more efficiently than the first SARS virus? As it turns out, the HIV virus does. So the, the reason AIDS, the disease of AIDS, is the result of depletion of your T cells in your immune system. And what does, and what did they say they were looking for in diffuse? They were looking for natural viruses that had these pieces or, you know, potentially adding them in. But they wanted to have a virus that could utilize that, the DC sign pathway to be able to infect immune cells. And guess what? The FCS, the interferon dysregulation, and 
the DC sign pathway usage, that all three of those things are in this virus. And here's the kicker. The, the fourth thing, the thing that was just announced, or that was just discovered by Alex and, and his co-authors about the restriction sites, the same thing that was talked about on February 1st in that meeting that Fauci and Ferrara were at, and Robert Gary, the same thing that they were concerned about is exactly what Alex and his co-authors discovered, which is that if you are going to make a virus, a chimeric virus, with a chimeric SARS-like coronavirus, and you were going to use these methods, well, they would have restriction sites that looked exactly like what Alex discovered. I wonder, I wonder. So basically, all of the pieces, and so all the different pieces that would go into the construction, plus the foundation for the entire virus itself, all four of those aspects were listed directly in the diffuse proposal. And we now see them in the actual virus in the real world. I would be interested to talk to Alex. I wonder how the restriction sites line up with ORF 6 and ORF 10. Because those... Oh, yeah, well, he'd, yeah he'd be able to tell you, yeah. Because mm. <laughs> those, those are novel to SARS-CoV-2 and... Uh, Correct. These, uh, again, um, amyloidogenic triggering accessory proteins. Um Right. So, so this is why, this is why the diffuse proposal probably shouldn't be just discarded, because if you were going to make a narrative, it doesn't matter what your narrative is, you would never have a proposal that basically admits that what you wanted to do was create a virus that looks exactly like the virus we have now, because that's that's not. That's not propaganda that will make people scared of gain of function, okay? That's evidence <laughs> that can be used in a criminal court. Mm. Yeah. So you would never, you would never, you would never show intent. Part of, one of the biggest, one of the, the half of a criminal act is intent. Right. So why, why, if you already had some evidence, why would you show intent to do exactly what occurs? You wouldn't. It's insane. You would never, ever publicly admit that. Because yeah. that is a way that you could be held criminally responsible for something. Yeah. And it, it just wouldn't happen. It, and it's not It's not just little eco-health on the line here. There's, right. Uh, again, it's Golden Boy Ralph Barrick. Yeah. And a, a whole bunch more. Uh, and including institutes, um, you know, the, the contiguous bureaucracies. Um, all, all are, yeah, all are on the the hook here. Just, I mean, even just this document by itself um, would be damning, and you know that doesn't include all, all the you know, the forensic analysis that you've done looking at the. Well, I'm not sure if censorship is the right word here. Because it's more than that. We need we need something that encompasses the. Well, just how 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 dark and how how deep this all runs in, into into organisations that don't want to be looked at publicly. You think DARPA and DITRA want want a sort of public relations office? They they'd rather just uh, shut the blinds and. Get on with what they, what they do, biowarfare. Right. I mean, of course not. I mean, they wouldn't. 
Fauci would not have censored these entire topics for three years if if the narrative was to hide or to make like like you would not want to bring attention to gain of function research because because the answer from the public will not be yes let's do more of that or yes it's necessary because this exists that's not how this works <laughs> you this is this is the narrative you would not want because once again now you can you, you don't want to show intent because you don't want to be held accountable it's just that simple i mean there's more too i mean it's not like this is the only thing but it <clears throat> It, it's just, I just. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it leaves you a, a loss for words. Um, it, it does. The, I mean, the normal it, vocabulary just doesn't doesn't quite encompass what it what it well, is that I mean, we're dealing it, and, with. And see, I know that there's more to the story, so which will come out in testimony. And so, but the, but the bottom line is, is that you know the. Not very many people know that, but but I mean, people like JC do. And so the the irony is that this isn't even all the evidence. And nonetheless, this is what we're this is what we're fighting right now. and it's it, it's it's the wrong direction to be fighting because, like I said, what I'm showing you isn't I'm not showing you narrative. I'm showing you proof. I, I'm not just making this up. I went back decades of research to lay out all of this stuff. And all of that research, 20 years of research, um, fits in with what I'm telling you right now. Well, it goes, it goes back further than that because you have to include HIV into the equation now and that, that just drags us back and encompasses right, and, more. And if Nick was here, I mean, Nick could tell you that this isn't even, even the discovery of AIDS and, and, and Fauci's handling of AIDS, that that was still tied back to things that happened before the you know the purported discovery of AIDS. I mean, this goes back for decades, and one of the things that we really haven't talked about, that no one's really talked about, is the super antigen sequence that's right next to the Fears cleavage site. And like I mentioned earlier, that super antigens in particular, and there's there's dozens of them. But, but just to, like toxins that are produced that are highly antigenic, which means they they overwhelm your immune system. Because typically when your immune system responds to an infection, to, to an infectious agent, it's responding with a minute fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent of its of its potential. Because that's all it needs to start like identifying the virus and then creating antibodies to it. But a super antigen overwhelms your system because it basically it takes up like 25 to 30 percent of the bandwidth of your immune system, which is a massive. We're talking thousands of times more than any single pathogen would normally do. Yeah, and it's a and huge shock to the system. Exactly. This is why um, toxins, because that's what that's really what we're talking about. That's why toxins like like botulinum toxin. That, 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 that causes botulism. That's why it's so dangerous, because it's a very potent form of toxin. And 
so, <laughs> I mean, it's potent enough that people inject it into their faces Botox to kill their nerve cells. Okay, and the nerve cells stay dead for months. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so, so, and if people have never like made that connection, that's what that is. They're injecting themselves with a deadly toxin that, that, that if it was if it was circulating in the rest of their body, they would die instantaneously. Yep. So it's and that's kind of a risk, you know. Oh yeah, I mean it's it, yeah it's a treatment for uh, dystonia and um, sort of the spastic like movement disorders. Yeah, because it's a neurotoxin. Yeah, and <laughs> so. just any, anything to try to shut down the overdrive of the muscle tissue and yeah, they, they, yeah. They, it's, it's a risky risky procedure. Right, and we know it's, but botulinum toxin is actually um, microgram per microgram, or pound per pound, it's the most deadly chemical compound in existence for humans. Like, it's, it's, it's a thousand times more potent than VX nerve gas. Like, it, it's, so, you, I wouldn't inject into my face, but... But bigger, beyond that, the reason we know that it's a toxin is because it started out being researched for biological weapons purposes. And it was one of dozens of different things. And the, uh, sorry. the thing that makes it so toxic, that makes it, oh, that's what a super antigen is. It's, it's supremely antigenic to your immune system. Yeah, and, and, you know, and this, one this, of these... this came up in discussion on Jay's last stream because he's, he's sort of trying to go down the direction that transfection of anything is essentially equivalent and it, it, it's not right we we no. know that there are absolutely not it's just not more different peptide sequences have different activity and there would be a radical difference between um having you transfected and expressing albumin um even if it was a, I don't know, a chicken albumin versus the, well, the super antigenic sequence, um, but also the those cholinergic um, irreversible antagonists that are part of uh, the spike protein. We, we know that those are very, very um, potent, and you don't need much to... Um, overwhelmed the the autonomic nervous system um, with those with that type of activity um, so you know it's sort of come up in my discord and um, I, it, it would be physiologically in uh, to, to think that to think that all all peptides are equal would it doesn't make it doesn't make sense. Well, this uh, <laughs> this is an example. This is one of you know hundreds of pictures that I that I've made, and this shows. I'm not sure why this is showing this, but see me. Oh, there we go. So. This is a 29 or roughly 30 or sorry, 40 amino acids section of a spike protein that includes the furin cleavage site there in the middle. And 
these four pieces that are listed on here, two of these have never been um, adjacent to each other in any virus ever, in, in the history of ever. And here we have four different things, four different pieces that all have different implications that have, so that these, these have never appeared in nature and they would never appear in nature. But guess where they do appear? A furin cleavage site is something that has been looked at for biological weapons purposes. A prion-like domain has been looked at for biological weapons purposes. A superantigen SCB, that was in the United States stockpile in the 1950s and 60s. And if you if you said to me, um, okay, we want to we're going to weaponize the the pre-energic mechanisms that we know are out there, you would you would put in the super antigen, exactly, uh, right? Because you want to attract the attention of your immune cells. Mm. And it, it's it's in the it's in the fire of the immune response that the um, the proteinopathies emerge and exactly this you know it, this is not a um it's not a vaccine folks that it, it wouldn't be exactly because remember that aside from these four things that are just in one tiny section so and there's way more i could go into oh, yeah, yeah. but just here just remember that that outside of the spike protein there's other sections who specifically target and and mess with your body's interferon response. So basically, telling your body that this is not a foreign material, which gives this virus more time to infect more cells. So, and as it's doing that, <laughs> it's also sending all these other signals and doing all these other things. And you would never, you would never put any of these things into a vaccine. Not one of these four elements, and because and also you you, I mean you just wouldn't. So for any if if there's any, I don't think there are any vaccines in this particular instance. But if you for most vaccines, if you're using the entire genome sequence of a virus, okay. In this particular case, the the one part you would not use is the part that messes with your interferon signaling in your body because that's the last thing you want if you have a vaccine is to, to suppress your body's immune response as you're vaccinating with this. It's dumb. So the original virus could not have been a vaccine because not only does this have way more antigens than the normal vaccine would, but it, it's not, it also has this suppressive element as well, which is completely unique. Um, the, sorry, the chat overlay is broken. All right. Um, let's do this, do that. All right, there you go. Fixed it for you. Um, yeah, so, you know, this, it, it brings us to this very dark conclusion, which is that we're, we're dealing with next gen. It's not next gen, but the emergence of, of highly sophisticated biowarfare techniques that have been unrolled on the masses that not only include those elements that we were just looking at but also the countermeasures i would argue and 
well you know again i would i would just caution people about taking um binary views so the what's his name girardo who's who would just point at lipid nanoparticles or any anything like that which um says i i've got the answer and it's this is the only answer you have to be skeptical of it's incumbent upon you and like i say that the way that they're trying to hide this is again through this technical edifice that a lot of people just are not going to be able to navigate around i struggle most days reading through these papers because i'm like oh god i've i need to check what that is i need you know all the cytokines i have to i have to refresh my memory constantly as to which pathways and what what gets implicated and that's that's my bread and butter and so for for people to most most people would would just struggle with this and switch off right you all know what it's like when you're in that lecture or meeting where you're not getting it and you've got other things on your mind and um this is this is what they're reliant on and yeah let's this looks a good slide charles please <laughs> well so i just i just got a, a a notification that josh rogan uh, retweeted one of my tweets about these new documents so good so so the word is getting out good and that's that's good because so, so this is just a list of, of things that only occur in this one virus in human history. Uh, no other Sarbeca virus has a have polybasic furin chelated site. Uh, no beta coronavirus, which is a bigger group of viruses, has, a, has basically a super antigen analog sequence. No other one. No other coronavirus has higher human ACE2 affinity than this one, ever. So, uh, including the human coronaviruses that have already been in existence. No other coronavirus has a has a prion-like domain in its receptor binding domain, and in fact, that prion-like domain is constructed specifically by the five amino acid differences between this and the SARS virus. So not only did it become more effective, but those happen to make this happen to give <laughs> happen to create a prion-like domain at this a, within the receptor binding domain. Yeah. Bit, that's insane bit too convenient that one and look it, it's it's a it, yeah. it's a weak signal but you, you have to put it in terms of in context when you're suppressing the immune system with all these other things the last thing you want is to have even, it doesn't matter if they're weak signals or not because i've heard that I've the, seen the, 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 it's the bullshit. distribution though is is so wide through the body that the impact is you know um you're daring your body to not respond to it. That's what's happening. And so no other coronavirus contains as many, or contains prion-like domains in the entire spike protein. Entire spike protein. Well, and this is Texan Tech looking at all, all coronaviruses. It's entire genome. Um, the, anyway, in the spike protein. No other coronavirus has as, as many prion-like domains in, within its genome. No other coronavirus has an ENAC motif adjacent to a cleavage site. You know, th this coronavirus uh, has 
ones that don't exist anywhere else in nature, or six and ten. Yeah, this, also this one has a amyloid, big, amyloidogenic yeah. properties. That one is the big red flag for me. It's huge. Yeah. And well, I guess which one? Guess which open reading frames also are responsible for the dysregulation of interferon response. You know, it's, well, it's not just orphate at the bottom. It's not just orphate. There's other ones too, and that's <laughs> so. <laughs> so downregulating MHC one is is kind of key because what is what is being super. I want to, don't use inflamed, but I'll just use it here. What's being super inflamed by the uh, super antigen? <laughs> it's, it's your it's your MHCs. It's I, all of this stuff. All of this stuff is in the same virus and is nowhere else. No other coronavirus can transmit as effect, efficiently via aerosol. In fact, we're now learning that almost no virus or bacteria, no pathogen. This, this is within like the top three or four pathogens on Earth that, that can transmit via aerosol. In fact, the, one of the latest Omicron variant is better at this than measles, yeah. which historically has been exponentially higher infectious rate than yeah. any other virus. You just have to look at a measles kid. You catch it. What's that? You just have to look at a measles kid and you'll catch it. That's exactly, exactly. But this virus, the Omicron variant, is as infectious as measles. And measles in human history has been the most infectious virus. There's never been anything else like it. So I'm not saying that that's abnormal, but, you know, whatever. But, and then no other viral spike protein interacts with half of all human cell tissues. And that's so those are so all of this is within a single virus that just happens, just so happens to have all these products that would have come directly from research that was being done by the US and China and the US Department of Defense. And so this virus is a super virus, like exponentially better at so many other things than almost any other virus and, and it's all of these it's not any one of these things that's part of the problem is that everything is looked at in isolation but when you look at everything together it, it's it, the thought that this could be natural is insulting because this is this is this is weaponized something yeah yeah and you know that's i don't know i mean it's it's a tough tough road to, to work i guess to, to to keep in keep this discussion moving forward in that context this you have to you have to think warfare you have sophisticated to. warfare that well because so this picture right here this if you were going to make a vaccine this is a picture from October 25th, 2019, a paper that was written by Bette Corper, who works at Los Angeles, Los Alamos National Laboratories. And she does a lot of the computational stuff before actual vaccine 
sequences are put together to see like, okay, how effective might they be? How if you put certain epitopes? And so this one paper, they look at nine different um, constructions. And in every single case, if you took those four inserts from the SARS-CoV-2 virus and you looked at the HIV virus and the specific parts of the virus where they would be, for instance, in this envelope protein that's GP120, and you see the gaps where there's no, where they've cut out pieces, all of those inserts, all three of the, the GP120 inserts would be inside one of those gaps. That is not random. It's impossible. And the same thing, the same is true with the gag protein, where, where there's a big gap right here. I don't know if you, you can see my mouse cursor. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but there's a big gap right here. And guess what's in that gap? The furin cleavage site that's within SARS-CoV-2. <laughs> and every single one of these nine, it's gone. That is not fortuitous. So, and this is the discovery that I made, or one of them, that like is completely unknown. But it's so obvious that you would never make a vaccine with this. So they're not making a vaccine; they're making something else. Yeah. And and look, I, I'll I'll buy into that they're pushing us into this whatever dystopian. Orwellian nightmare for global control. I'm, I'm down with that. Okay, I, I'm, I'm. But I think it's it's important to understand all the weaponry that they're using, and that includes, again, not just the virus, but all the other uh, interventions that have been problematic. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, the fusion peptide that we talked about earlier. The reason why that's so effective at different classes of viruses is because that is the part of the spike protein that is incredibly stable. In fact, it's so stable that across all these different species, across all these different, you know, I, don't know, I forget the, the, the phylogeny and like the, the specific names, but we're talking about, <laughs> if you look at the species chart, this covers a wide range. This covers the genus, the species, um, and in each case, why, why would they have not used antivirals that they knew would have a high probability of being able to stop this as a prophylactic? It's, it's just insane to me. It's criminal is what it is. Yep. Yep. And it, um, all ties back, it all ties back to this HIV homology that they wanted to hide. And, and Tom Cotton, like this quote from this, like this was his tweet on January 30th. So the two days before that meeting, he 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 was pointing out, hey, this isn't real. This isn't right. Something's wrong here. And there's this there's this uh, there's this lab there. And th he said it was on a catastrophe on the scale of Chernobyl. Yeah, <laughs> Chernobyl was no was. <laughs> this was this was before it had become a pandemic, and he was 100% right. And unfortunately, in the media, he was excoriated. But what he was saying was absolutely true. And it's it, it's just horrifying. And and we won't talk about like all the rest of the stuff because because we have. But there was the video that you showed, the collateral damage. I, I calculated it up, and 58 percent 
just if you look at the top three vaccine manufacturers here on this page, um, Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca, those are the only three vaccines in which they had, in which they retained the furin cleavage site. In all the others, they either mutated it to something different or they completely cut it out, the virus, of the, of the vaccine sequence. But those top three accounted for more than 10 billion doses. So they kept the furin cleavage site in the ones that got spread the most throughout the world. And those are the only three. In fact, those are the only three vaccines of any viral type that have ever retained the furin cleavage site. And nobody has ever asked them why. No. Well, I mean, it just leads you to, again, um, not, it's not accidents. It's not, it's not Tony Fauci trying to immunize the world against HIV. Um, it's something much, 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 yeah. much darker. At least to this, they knew. Mm. They knew. Yeah. Here's a, here's a news headline from Bloomberg from January 26th, 2020. They knew. Yeah, I can, I can remember that coming out, the, that they were trialing HIV <laughs> drugs. I just I remember raising an eyebrow at it, thinking, dang. Um, but, well, there you go. Yeah, it's, uh, that was real. Um, now, in this case, this was actually a different, I believe these were protease inhibitors that they were using, uh, ritonavir and lipanavir or something. Mm -hmm. but, but it was a combo. However, that same week, the we have published a paper where they talked about not just this one, not just that combo, but also the fusion inhibitors. And, and in the West, silence. Well, China was also, uh, they were trying to get their hands on the patents of remdesivir as well, if I remember. That's right. But then, but then three months later, their, their own um, trials ended and they said, yeah, we're not going to use remdesivir because <laughs> it doesn't work because it doesn't work at this stage of the, of the disease. And all they had was vac all they had was um, in uh, IV. So you can't you can't have a prophylaxis or an early treatment this IV that has to be given every day. I mean, it's just it's it's dumb. Wow. And they knew. And, and oh, oh, by the way, so here <laughs> so here. Here was, here was that protease inhibitor and monoclonal antibodies. And actually, unfortunately, it got covered up in this. But um, there's a quote from Bill Gallagher where he's talking about uh, chloroquine and that it works. Um, I mean, we're, uh, we're, we're in the situation where um, after all the <coughs> gaslighting they did about ivermectin, um, it's now part of the CDC schedule. Right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Unbelievable mm -hmm. to me. Oh, well, then let's keep going, because not only remdesivir, or not only, like, ivermectin and hydrochloroquine, also vitamin D. Mm. And vit vitamin D, as it turns out, not only was that the obvious choice for a billion reasons, but one of those reasons is that is it's, it's important for strengthening your T-cells against viruses, including COVID-19. And the, the paper on the bottom right here you want to guess who wrote that paper? Robert Gary. Gary. Yeah. Robert Gary. There was a there was a paper out. I want to say it was yesterday. Um, 
VA and the role of vitamin D and you know, it's a very, very large <laughs> cohort. And again, saying um, vitamin D is important. Um, now, I get the arguments against being an immune suppressor, but um, look, it, it, in sort of... When I'm trying to keep the monkey alive, because I've gone and done something, right? You, you throw anything at it to try to reverse the, the direction that you're going on. And for that not to happen... That's what doctors do. That's what they're supposed to do. Mm. And they were blocked from doing it. Mm. In fact, I skipped ahead here, but I mean, this is basically the end. But, but I wanted to point at this slide because this is Ralph Barrick. Mark Dennison, who who were key in the development of uh, Remdesivir, and this is them on February 14th or 13th, I can't remember which day, of 2020. So on February 14th of 2020, these two people who helped develop Remdesivir said uh, to treat those in ICU on a ventilator might as well not design the trial. And this is about Remdesivir. Oh, so they're basically just saying it's ineffective at that at that point. Exactly. Exactly. Give active drugs that work prophylactically early in disease, but when it's ARDS settled in with complexities, antiviral alone is not going to rescue that particular disease. Boom. Right there. Oh, and by the way, on the bottom right corner, uh, even though it's not, not picturing them, this is what they said, chloroquine is a broad alchemization agent. The idea is spectacular. And, and in in that context, we have the Surgisphere shit show yeah. as well. So Ralph Barrick, the, the, the godfather of coronaviruses, who had done the vaccine trials on MERS and SARS, who had done, who had used all these things on mouse models for a decade, he said, Remdesivir, we got to, he said in the talk that, well, we need to figure out something that is, it's not intravenous because it's not it's not useful to us if we can only use it in the hospital, which is where Indesir was. So they explicitly said that doing what Fauci made the protocol was dumb, worthless, and improper use of it, and would do nothing. And also that you should use you should look at the chloroquines because well they've worked in the past. So and. Fauci did the opposite. So not only was Fauci, let's think about this, not only was Fauci aware of all the research, not only was he deciding to suppress the findings of these two key pieces of the HIV inserts and then the FCS, but that rolled over into all of the treatments, the therapeutics, the prophylaxis. He literally, for use the French term, he literally did the wrong fucking thing, the opposite fucking thing that you would do. In each case, therapeutics, prophylaxis, um, he, he censored everything. Like, he, he could not have done more to damage our ability to fight this virus. Because he literally censored it and, and refused to allow the things that we knew could work, or at least could work. He hid it or, or disparaged it, all of it. This, we're talking about, he is guilty 
of making intentional decisions in all of these areas. And even now we're, we're suffering because long COVID, whatever it is, all the different things that come from it, these neurodegenerative conditions, everything else, but guess what would drive those things? Everything that's on the spike protein that he wanted to suppress. And he won't even fund it now. He won't even fund, and we, I, it's obvious to know why, because then if people actually looked into it, it would be obvious to people that he's responsible for long COVID. What a shit show, man. I mean, just in the past two hours or however long it's been, look at what we've covered. We've talked about just a few decisions made in a few days in early February of 2020, and it affected billions of lives. And I'm, and I'm, I'm showing you the proof of what they knew. This isn't even all the evidence. This is just some of the evidence. But, but nobody is talking about this. Instead, instead, we have people who are trying to, to reject evidence that we already have, which is foolish. Yeah. Um, look, our backs are against the wall, and we need everything to hand and um, ac academic speculation yeah okay I mean it's got a role but it's it's not it's not the critical thing right now that we need to be um, it's not the only evidence we, we have evidence and we should be following that evidence yeah yeah and uh, these people well, I wish I had my guilty <coughs> button <laughs> we need the Superman guilty. Um. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So basically, so we can go ahead and I'll just go ahead and stop it there because I could go on forever. But that's so when you hear people talking about these these emails that just came out today, <laughs> I want you to understand that this is the context. This is the only thing we should be worrying about because this is. Uh, this is it. Like, uh, I'm gonna stop sharing so that way you can you can take over and we can do whatever we want. But, but holy cow! Like this, it, this is why this matters. Yeah. Because this is bigger than one or two aspects of this. This yeah. is we already have proof of all this. And it 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 pulls in, like I say, every every institute that we're casting a <laughs> jaundiced eye over right now. That. It's what did you what did you say the other day? You made a, you know we need to put a hole in the dam basically. Yes, and, yes, and, that's right. Um, this is essentially one of the best shots that we have, and in in a way that's demonstrable to the public, right? That that can be followed, right? You you don't. You know, with the right instruction, you can you can see the logic, you can see the networks, you can see the history, um, all, all of it. Well, uh, it would it would be insane to drop such useful such useful evidence at now, As, uh, especially this. We're we're so far into this. We're three years into this, right? I don't see it stopping. Um, again, we had the press conference today where, you know, you, yeah, they're, they're trying to get people to get 
um, boosted and what have you. And um, I'm well. I, I'm I'm concerned about how how the rest of this plays out because they've they've gone all in, right? They've put all their chips in the in, and they've got a lot of them and are, are looking to for, for complete dominance over over so many aspects of our lives and yeah to to disregard it is well it's not, it's not thinking clearly in my opinion I mean, if you can, if you can sit through the two and a half hours of, of just going through those slides mm. and me expounding upon them, there's so much more evidence that I didn't show. But but if you, if you can sit through those two and a half hours and think anything other than we already have enough proof to at the very, to me personally, I think it's beyond a reasonable doubt already at this point. But the fact that we have all of this evidence, and then we have the evidence of intent. If, if we couldn't at least already have a grand jury by now, then we never will, because this, is, this far exceeds the amount of evidence that you would need to start a hearing of any kind. And so really all, we're, all we've been waiting on for this entire time is for those inquiries to start. Because once those inquiries start and we get discovery and we get all this other evidence, then we'll see things like what was just seen recently with the discovery in the censorship case with the two states where they, they just in the discovery, they found direct proof that Fauci was, Fauci and other people and other agencies were directly working with social media. Yeah. to target certain people to censor, specific people and specific topics. What's up? Alexei, um, Which is a violation of the First Amendment. Yeah. Well, and, you know, again, a warning, folks, that, um, like I say, the last stream, myself and Charles did that nuked two channels. Um, this probably won't stay up on YouTube very long. I'll leave it up. Um... You know, I, I'll I'll burn the channel for it, but um, you can see the mechanisms at work in in action, and that, like I say, the, they've made a point of um, self congratulatory circle jerks in their press conference today at, at how effective they've been. I couldn't imagine like I. I... I probably couldn't watch that without puking. Uh, I mean, yeah. Like, I might try. I might try. Maybe that could be a drinking game or something. But just to know, just to imagine them pretending that that somehow this, all these violations of the First Amendment were, were justified, mm. when they're not, they're unconstitutional, and they would be found unconstitutional. But the problem is, is that a million Americans have already died, and they were banking on if they couldn't completely destroy the system, they at least knew it would take years for cases to get from the Supreme Court before they could litigate and, and, and strike down all this BS that they've done. And so 
in the interim, they've just done whatever they wanted. Yep. And yep. we can't we can't get the, the million Americans back. So the the next best thing we can do is get justice for them, because what the, the censorship that has been done, you've seen. Like I just gave a two and a half hour presentation that was just about the reason they started all the censorship was to prevent people from knowing about this HIV homology and the fear and cleavage site. That was the first reason. And then it slowly spilled over into the mainstream in so many different areas. Like Fauci started that, and then it, sp it spread like a virus to, to everything messaging coming from the government, to the point where we're seeing within a year, we had uh, Twitter um, taking Trump off of Twitter just before the election, or actually, uh, that might have not been until after, I don't remember. But the Hunter Biden story was erased. You, you had a letter signed by 50 former intelligence officials, including several former CIA directors, lying to the American people, saying that the Hunter Biden story was Russian disinformation. But, but all of that, the reason they got so bold is because they'd seen how effective that the scientific censorship was yeah. and, the, and all the censorship regarding the pandemic before that. Fauci opened the door to hell yeah, and literally all that censorship is obstruction of justice. That's the actual name for what this is. It's a federal crime because what he was doing was erasing evidence and trying to prevent evidence from being available to people to see. Evidence of something that he was trying to cover up that directly implicated him and a whole bunch of other scientists. And so that's what people need to understand is that what I, what I just showed is proof that, that I can testify to, that, that other experts can testify to in the court and say uh, he broke the law, he violated the Constitution, and a million Americans died. And, and, like, and like I said, if we, if we assume, let's say that, that he didn't have other negative reasons for it, and it was only due to like the vaccines, for instance, or to a few other things. When you pile everything together, more people died because of, of the because of the censorship of these specific aspects of this virus, and and the the research history behind it, than in World War II, for Americans. That was the most monumental decision in American history. In terms of Americans that died as a result of something, and we didn't fight a war. We didn't. We we didn't. Wow. I mean, we didn't that's... save freedom. We destroyed freedom as we were doing this. I, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't say you weren't fighting a war. I think you're very much embroiled in. in they were war. fighting a war against the American people. They were censoring things against the American people, so it wasn't even for a good cause. It was for the worst possible cause to violate our freedom. And well, and it it it's just a move to corporate technocracy that is transnational and is um, not subject to redress or grievance. Well, uh, I bet, I bet if we can get to a place and to a time where the things that I just said are not censored, if, if we can get the general public to hear and know the truth about what's been happening in the and the, the impact, the collateral damage it's caused. Like, if, if they understood this, there would be no doubt. Like, all these people would be hung. But the yeah. problem is, is that 
because they've censored so much, the American people will know basically none of this. No, they won't. And, you know, they, they've got the sort of real-time data analysis that enables them to read where people uh, might be straying, right? And so they can get their... their and you know, as, you know, sort of realization on on the trip that I had was, you know, it's the change that's coming is is probably catastrophic as we would un, as we would understand it. And what I, what I see is that we have to we have to find a way to make sure that whatever our tribe community continues and has has access to this well the, the scientific data but the historical uh, context in which it was generated we that that to me is the only workable solution that i can see right now i don't i don't see um picking up your ar and going rambo as being they'll just pick you off right and drones will do it you know whatever the that's what are those little dogs called the from the do you know what I mean? The yeah, dino yeah, I know what you're talking about. Right, <laughs> they're, they're sort of always sort of jiggling and what I forget what they're called, but um, I'm the company, but um, yeah, it, it it'll be things like that that are that are slowly used to replace the human being that was your peace officer, and you you will be forced via corporate mandate to comply and so you know in in the in, in the short to medium term I, i'm sort of oh we've got to get sort of or people have got to get chameleon like and live with this system but not be part of it and make sure that you're, you're doing everything that you can to make sure that this isn't forgotten that all all these data points get archived all these people should, in my opinion, should be scared to be showing their faces in public, right? Because they they should expect serious blowback from, you know, people who, uh, I say, uh, impulse control disorders. They're <laughs> just uh, going to be uh, losing their shit and... and and well, you could argue maybe rightly so, in this instance. But I, 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 I don't know what else to do at this point, right? Because even if we get the grand juries, are the courts not corrupted? Are the is is there anything that can be done beyond a symbolic gesture that they'll what they'll take Fauci's pension? <laughs> for um, a few people I, in jail. To be honest, I, the the way out of this is for the public to understand what's happened. Mm. Because as long as 
as long as they learn the truth, um, they, the people who did this will be held accountable. And I feel I'm fully confident that if people truly understand, you know, just I mean, just what I've said here today. Notice that once again, I haven't said who created the virus. I haven't said like where the virus came from. So this, what I wrote in my paper was that we don't need to know the origin of the virus to understand the origin of the pandemic. And I mean, I mean, I've spent two and a half years investigating the origin, but we already have enough information now. The point of my my watchmaker hypothesis was to to say that we already have enough evidence to hold these people accountable. We already have, in my opinion, beyond a reasonable doubt, but at the very least, enough justification to put these people in court and then let discovery happen, let the truth come out, because they will not win this case. They will not be able to prove that, that what I've talked about here today isn't true, because I, I've used their own evidence. All I did was compile the truth about the history of what, what's happened. And so they can't disprove what I've said today. The only thing they can do is try to prevent it from becoming known to the public. Yeah, which... Which means they, they, what we have to do is make sure that they hear this. Because once they hear the truth, the the rest of it will figure itself out. Well, I mean, I, 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 I hope so. I mean, it's why I do this. Um, I'm, I'm more, uh, I'm more just trying to think of... Hey, we're still on Twitter, or sorry, we're, we're still on YouTube right now. Yeah. <laughs> we, there we go. We'll, we'll see. We'll see, bro. They haven't, someone, someone will flag it. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure, uh, I have a, it's not just machines monitoring. There's, there's human... Um, uh, no. Not anymore. I think we, I think we, we, we've raised enough. We've made caused enough dumpster fires to, mm. to be exploding. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're. Uh, yeah. I mean, typically, I mean, we've been talking before about certain topics, and had, like, like in the midst of certain topics, like, things will happen. Where yeah, we, yeah. Or we'll lose connection, or mm. at that moment we'll be cut off. So. They've obviously been paying attention, and uh, and that's yeah. okay. I don't care. Yeah, I, I, just, I, 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 I don't. Sort of can stop us. I'm I'm d determined to make sure that on my on my last breaths that I I can say to myself I did everything that I humanly could to just keep flagging this issue, right? And I'll I'll go back to that off six and off ten, right? Um, everyone talks about spike protein, but that all six and all ten screams manipulation and screams weaponization of a disease process that, uh, in the public domain, was we're literally at, at, at the cutting at the bleeding edge of what we what we know, and for for that to be in there in in the positions that it's in. Um, people. Well, 
I hope whoever does watch this and in retrospect well, goes back to watch this begins to sort of understand the the implications of it because well you know bugs and bugs and viruses as weapons i mean that's as old as time itself right you know the spit in the face is biological warfare right okay it might take a few days to take that person out once you've spat in their face but that's you know the instinct is there to sort of do that but now that now they've gone and taking it that next step it's this manipulation of the sort of underlying fabric of the biology through these amyloidogenic properties it, it's the it's the very very worst that I could conceive of well and the fact that um, after the initial pandemic virus after the original wild type virus um, this is this is the point where I agree with JC and others and the fact that 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 virus is gone that's fine I believe that the problem now is, is that the, they're still they're still using the spike, and the fact that they put that bivalent spike protein in there, it may not have, or six and or ten, but it, it it still has eighty percent of it. And the problem is, is that the rest has already been seeded, and now every time you're re-exposed, your your immune system is being forced to fight something and it's it's every time it's doing it with a little bit more of itself of its arm tied behind its back yeah, yeah. and that is so so this is still cutting edge as far as what we're fighting today like right at this very moment and that's i mean I, it's just disgusting to know that they know this because not only do they know everything that I told you today already, but they know that in the context of them deciding to retain the spike anyway in this new vaccine, which is, that's the other piece of this, is that no matter where the virus came from, their response to it has been antithetical to what they themselves would have done in the past. Right, so... Um... Look, there's, this just came up in the chat. Charles now thinks the virus isn't dangerous anymore. He agrees with JC. I thought you guys disagreed. Um, no, I don't think that's what Charles is. I don't want to speak right, for right. you. But, but... See, that's, that's the problem is, is that there, what we have been arguing has, has been misinterpreted because we've not been saying... We're not saying that the virus is completely not dangerous. But what, what we're saying is that the wild-type virus is extinct. Now, Omicron still retains a lot of those same features in spike protein, so it's still dangerous. And actually, the Omicron, as far as I know, still has ORF6 and ORF10. As, far as, but, far as I know. But it's not the exact same virus. And that was part of his argument. But, he, but the other part of his argument is that it would have mutated, that, that everything that's happening since is basically release of new batches of infectious clones. I don't, I don't agree with that. I just don't. Well, I mean, you, you could make the argument that just the transfection is the surrogate of the clone. 
you're you're right, but that doesn't explain the the virus that's moving around unless all of that is theater. And I don't think all of it is theater. I think much of it is theater, but I don't think that all of it is theater. And that's the point where we disagree. Yeah, because look, it's war. It's warfare. The, the, the problem is is getting people to realize that they're in a they're in a fight for their lives right now. And and, and we don't know who because our own, our own half half of our leadership has acquiesced to this for whatever reason. No, more than half. And that's terrifying. More than half. Um, well, if you include the entire West, yes, but but here in America, half. And you know, I'm. You know, but, but I was. I'm hopeful after my trip to the U.S. that you know, it's, it's definitely the front lines there, for sure. Um, and I'm, I'm hopeful that people that are perceiving the problem the way that we are, I'm confident that some of us will get through whatever's they've got planning next, because I'd like I say the, the dominoes are falling now and, um, it'll very likely be a stepping up of in, in economic type warfare, I imagine. Um, just break, break people. Financially. Uh, something, someone just asked a question. Okay. I wonder if ORF 6 and ORF 10 are in, also in many endemic coronaviruses. No. Yeah, let, me just, let me just clarify. They are new. They've never existed in coronaviruses before, at least not in any of the human coronaviruses that have been endemic. Those are not, those don't exist. So, <laughs> they they do not exist, which is which is why it's, it's so suspect, and and to have exactly. to have the function that they do, um, which is this reenergic cascading effect that you know, you know, perhaps in the the bowels of DARPA they've got good um countermeasures for but in, in the public domain there's not there's not much that we can do in, in those instances right the, the 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 treatment countermeasure that you go for is to try to try to limit the inflammation that would contribute to that state but we're not good at that right we can we can give people who have alzheimer's we could we can suppress most of those inflammatory markers we can we can bust plaques right it still doesn't stop the disease process from continuing you might get symptomatic relief but the the end consequences are well the the neurodegenerative end state and you know, intro. There's a story that I've sort of got lined up, but um, you, you, you've heard about all the Canadian doctors who had died, right? Yep. So, um, Kreutzfeldt. I'm sure that's happening here too. <laughs> yeah, and um, a, a very, very pronounced case of Kreutzfeldt Yakov in in one. Oh, of I didn't hear about that one. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, yeah, it's it's a it was a very 
aggressive full-on presentation um lots of movement disorder it wasn't he wasn't sort of into a more sort of um vegetative state not not at the not at the point that i saw um and yeah it, it, it's we we don't have good treatments it, it's that, well, that was that was actually so part of the part of what's horrific about this is that is that once again in the context of all this fauci is refusing now granted i guess he's technically gone now but but fauci is refusing and has refused to fund long COVID research think about that that, that that's, that's mind-blowing and the other thing i was going to say is that for crucial Jakob disease it was luke montagnier the paper that he was working on when he died was about um, a series of cases of early onset, rapid onset, Kruzfeldt-Jakob disease. I, I want to say it was like 27 or 29 that occurred just in France. No, I think it's 20, 23, 23, and temporal. there were three others that were non, not France. But the frightening uh, thing were, from that study was... It was temporally connected to yeah, it. Yeah, and, and like 11 so days. 11 days. 11 days. Yeah. That, 11 days and, and, and there's not you can't hide that by saying okay well it was just you know statistical improbability because there's so few cases generally hmm. so what they had was I want to say like six times the number of cases that they normally have in a year and all of those cases were temporally connected to vaccination within within months if not days yeah and well we're, we're... We're looking at the emergence of the epidemiological signatures that we would we would predict from seeding the environment with with these um, peptides, uh, toxic peptides, and you know Alzheimer dementia disorders are way way above what they should be dependent on historical um, data and then the other the other is cardiovascular and um, neoplasms as well and oh. right but I guess so let me reiterate what, what, what that means because what, what that means is what's happening is since people don't people, most people aren't aware of, of the of the mechanisms that are taking place here but the, one of the reasons why the retention of the, of the wild type spike is so terrible is because that means that the the unmutated furin cleavage site is still present and fear so anytime you get infected and you get sick you you are you, you're getting furin expression and furin um, exponentially increases the production of cancer cells in your body it's just one of the, it's one of the negative effects of, of, of urine. And when you get in a state of hypoxia, so when your blood oxygen level goes below 90%, that also increases urine expression two to three times from what it, from from baseline. So the combination of those things means that as you're getting sicker and your immune system is being suppressed with well depending. And, and if you get Omicron or, or, or you were getting the wild type spike, when you got the natural infection, you were getting ORF6 and ORF10. 
So that was, so that was allowing your immune system to be suppressed so this could spread more before your immune system would react. And then by the time your immune system is overwhelmed, you are, you're in this cascade of effects. So it's not just a cytokine storm. It's a massive burst of cancer cells and protein misfolding because the, because the, the hypoxia uh, triggers gro exponential growth in cancer cell growth and in um, amyloid production. So even if you survive, so let's say you survive a severe case. Let's say you were on a ventilator for a while or you sur survived a severe case. For however long, however many weeks you were sick, your body was, your immune system was being suppressed, allowing all these things to happen. So the, so the more severe cases you had or the more times that you keep getting infected or you're seeing the spike, you're just, you're increasing the odds that you're going to get cancer or, or a protein or an amyloid disorder. And that is what's fueling the cancer growth rates that Ethical Skeptic talks about. That is what's fueling these Kruzov-Jakob disease things or the far more common things like Alzheimer's disease or because I've seen advertisements and medical stories about early onset Alzheimer's in children, in children. So dementia, or like childhood dementia, that never, that, that, that doesn't exist except in, except in like a I mean, million that, to one cases. It's very, very rare. We, you're talking about something that's so rare that, that, we, that nobody's ever heard of it. But now we're seeing the incidents rise exponentially in all these areas. And this is, this is why it's happening, because everything that was in this virus was designed to piss off your immune system, cause inflammation, and suppress your immune response. And what we're going to see is diabetes as well. Diabetes, Alzheimer's, neurodegeneration, cardiac stuff from the shots. All of this is real, and it's tied to this infection from the spike protein or the vaccines or a combination of both. All of it. And all of that can be tied to Fauci trying to hide all of this from the beginning. Uh, here's one saying... Uh, paper that maybe off six isn't as unique as we're, we're thinking. I need to read the thank you, but man, for the link on. Um, when is that from? Just out of curiosity. Uh, 2021. I mean, that would be, I mean, I guess that would be slightly less terrible. If, if, it, if it did appear in other areas. But it's still, once again, this was known to people beforehand because these, these interferon suppression uh, characteristics were being studied in other viruses. Like, and the WIV specifically was looking at ORF-10 there's a Xi Zingli master's thesis that talks about that one specifically. And also talks about, within that same paper, um, uh, chimeric construction. <laughs> but there's also later scenes. So they were practicing all of these things, all of these things prior to the pandemic. You, you need to start back over, Iris. 
Hmm. Oh, is that so? It's unique to Sarbeca virus. So it's so it's unique to SARS-like viruses, basically, is what that means. Because I think that's yeah. So it's so SARS and SARS two. It's unique to. Yeah. So I guess it, I guess it would come down to. Um what the differences are and how how reactive maybe it's just a orf 10 that's that's unique mm. i'd have to go back and look uh, if i've if i've been telling people orf 6 was unique i apologize yeah, so it might it might just be orf 10 that i'm thinking of then yeah, yeah. well i've been but saying orf 6 and 10 but both of them, nonetheless, both of them, it still really wouldn't change much because the, the only Sarbeca viruses that we've come into contact with right. are SARS and SARS-2. Um, so where we can see some RATG-13. And actually, that makes sense. Now that I think about it, that does make sense because they were working... They were, they were working on this prior to the pandemic, so it must have. Uh, that just makes sense that it would be just the SARS viruses. Uh, I don't know. I'm skeptical of RITG 13 as being a real it's not real. entity. So SARS CoV Tor 2. I don't know what that means. Tor 2, is, Tor 2 and Urbani are two of the original strains from 2003. Uh, anyway, they're, they're not in the uh, OC HKU. Um, and the, that's the key. Yeah. Because that means that they've, they've not been in, in circulation with all with the human coronaviruses. There are two of the four human coronaviruses. And I, I say that the, like the common cold type ones. Two of those four do have urine cleavage sites. But, but neither of them is close enough genetically to to have given that to to have recombined with uh, SARS-CoV-2. So they could not have come from them. Well, there's some reading to do. Um, so, all right, is there anything else you wanted to cover? Uh, I mean, I feel like we, we covered a pretty good bit. I mean, the reality is, is I mean, I, recent things that I've done have included, I've made a, a list of papers. Uh, I mean, I guess I can, like, screen share just to show you, like, images from yeah. different projects that I've been doing, just so you can see the, the uh, all the little machinations that I have. Let's see. Oh, so, so let's go to hang on, it's here. Just, let me just read this. So it's just saying that all six is not unique, but the paper does show it's more potent in COV-2. Interesting how all six acts in modern endemic versions of SARS-CoV-1 strains circulation. Um, yeah, how to study it. Um, well, you'd have to get the peptide sequence and... Let's see, where did it go? Uh, I hope it's in this one. Um, well, basically, well, 
other things I wanted to show was like a list of, uh, actually, it's going to be in here. There we go. I call it the long and winding road, but what it really is, is it's a list of all the research that could have directly resulted in things we see in SARS-CoV-2 that was going on prior to uh, 2020. So like everything. And the other thing that I also show, so here's like the paper, and then I show who was working on this paper and why it was important. Okay, so it was, was the way of working on it. And it shows all the research connections between the organizations that were doing it. And this will be in the next update uh, that I published tomorrow. <clears throat> and, and literally, you can go through 15 years of papers and everything, the trail that leads to SARS-CoV-2 is literally written in the public record. It's not like it's hidden. It's all right there. Yeah. And, and that's just like one of the many, many things I've done. So uh, let me go ahead and I'll stop sharing now. But, but just to give an idea that we're not just making crap up. Like, we say we have the 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 uh, natural origin proponents who are tied to Fauci have never addressed about ninety five percent of the of the evidence. They, they keep focusing on very specific things because they don't want you to look at the big picture. Well, and even that they'll lie about, right? But uh, and um, even that will lie about. <laughs> That's another they've thing. Lied, they've literally lied about every single thing that they talk about. Yeah, one hundred percent. I don't. They're, they've not said truths that I can tell about anything. And I mean that. I mean, I, if you go and look, I'm sure you can find something. But when I say uh, the assertions that are being made by the natural origin scientists are almost all lies. Yeah, they did. Not even like, not even like we don't know. So we're just going to lean this way, like direct lies. Well, and you got them early on with the. Uh early cases and their inability to, <laughs> to plot them plot them correctly on a map right i mean all i did was count the dots and what's ironic is after i did that i spent a thousand hours going through stuff only a small part of which i, I showed you like one time on one stream but there's so much evidence that it was completely ignored by these Warobi papers and it, but that's one thing I've studied. I've studied the censorship. So after those two Warobi papers came out, the final versions, there were 29 news articles and papers within a couple of days. And I track this because that's the other big thing that I track. Prior to 2022, I was looking at Wuhan outbreak and censorship. And it just so turned, happened to turn out that with Diffuse, that the censorship turned out to coalesce and, and be a, a part of the, the purpose of the censorship was to hide the things that, that we discovered in Diffuse and to hide the HIV homology. So all of it came together and I just happened to be lucky enough to to pick the right things to research early on. Wow. But it's all connected and they lied about all of it. Yeah. Uh, well, like I say, I'm, if I didn't think we would be able to get some justice out of this i wouldn't i wouldn't um i wouldn't be doing this i wouldn't i wouldn't be 
putting my face out in public and um, sort of, well. It's an uphill fight, though. But, yeah, uh, but yeah, at the same yeah. time, we have to fight it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because <laughs> you were one of the first people, and, and we are some of the only people who've been fighting this. And if we hadn't, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, already just, just think how much they would have just swept under the carpet and just been like, well, you know, it's just, uh, it's your toxic living style. You're uh, using too much resources. Charles. After, after I hung out with you for a couple of days and I went back up to my parents' house and I was talking to my mom, um, you know, I was I was just telling her because it, it, it took her a while, but in the past few months she's really she's started to figure out what I've been trying to say after she got Omicron again, oh, and uh, and 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 she is immunosuppressed. Yeah. I don't think she's I don't think she's going to care if I if I mention that, but she's rheumatoid arthritis, and we didn't realize she didn't realize I didn't realize that after she got her booster. Her rheumatoid arthritis for the last year has been way worse than it had ever been before. And finally, and once we got to this place, because I had actually recommended she get the booster, because at the time, at the time, I, I hadn't gotten to the point where, where I am now. And that's, what's, that's what sucks, is that everybody that we love and care about has been affected by this. Yeah. And my mom, my mom, who is immunosuppressed, was told to get this vaccine. It was covered in, it, it included a super antigen, which in the literature, if you look, you would say the people most at risk for super antigens, most at risk for like bacterial infections that have, and bacteria have the, these natural super antigens, are people who are immunosuppressed. And we gave this, we, in fact, we, they were the first, they were the front of the line. And that's, that's horrifying because basically, you know, I encouraged my mom to get it because even after I, I stopped and my son didn't get his second one, I was like, you know, you're one of the few people who might be able to benefit still. And then I, as I learned out even more, I realized that really all she did was poison herself. Wow. And, just... and ever since, like in the past few months, her RA has gotten better because she's just been eating healthier, eating vitamins. Like following the protocol stuff that I, that I told her about from, from frontline doctors and everything, and lo and behold, she's feeling better. The rumors are her, her inflammation is going down. But that's how sick this is. Is that most people still don't like? I am her son, and I have dis, like I, I just I discovered the vaccine HIV vaccine homology, like the way that they were constructing this. I'm just one person. But if I had not been her son and told her that. I wouldn't have been able to explain it to her. Yeah, um, I couldn't it's stop. Terrifying. I couldn't stop my mother from getting shot up. Um, I mean, I, she won't take any more now. But uh, yeah, they they got a whole bunch of people, and it just just makes me wonder if they think oh, job done, right? Billion people, including me. Mm. Like I said, I was, I was, I tried to get the shot as early as I could because, you know, as a, as a Marine, as, as somebody who, who wanted to do the right thing and didn't want my parents to get sick yeah. before I knew anything about all this, I, I went and got the shots because, you know, it was experimental, but 
I was willing, like for me, it, it was an easy decision because I wanted to do it for my parents because I thought at the time it was, it was the best way that I could protect them. And ultimately, really what it was is that we were lied to. And for the rest of my life, I mean, I had myocarditis, which I'm almost certain came from the actual, like before I got the vaccine, I had myocarditis at Christmas of 2020, after I had been sick in March of 2020. So I, like, <laughs> this, is, this is real for me. Yeah. And I want, and I want, after, I've been trying to warn people for two and a half years. But what's been horrifying is just to understand that the people that we trust were lying to us the entire time. Yeah. Well, and um, it's the it's the way the system's been arranged that people people are either unable or unwilling to step into the breach at the moment. Uh, I'm 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 wondering what it would take right now um but then probably family members dying yeah but that's that's been happening you're right and but that's also what we're seeing this growing awareness is that so many people who shouldn't be dying are dying that it's it's become more and more obvious and unfortunately there there's going to be there's always going to be late adopters just like the cycle of innovation and in my MBA program. <laughs> there's always going to be people who, who figure it out early and there's going to be people, there's going to be people like my dad who still use dial-up internet until last year. I mean, just because they, they were happy with it, you know? And he would, he would play his computer game from like 1994. It was like a civil war game. And, but it, even with a new computer, the internet was so slow that like he would turn on his computer and turn on the game and then walk out into the other, another room, like the living room, and come back like 20 minutes later <laughs> for the game to finally have booted up. Yeah. I mean, because he just, he yeah, didn't creatures, see the Creatures need of to, habit, right? Creatures of habit. Yeah. So there's always going to be that 20% that will refuse, like they'll say, oh, well, this must have been a mistake or something like that. Mm. But we don't have to get all that. We just have to get past the. Right now, we have like fifteen or twenty percent, like, yeah, understanding that something's horrible. We have we we have to get we have to get to that majority where the where the inertia well, causes things to happen. I'm not. I'm, if if it hasn't happened by now, I'm not. I'm not sure what could. And this this is why I think it's it has to be about. Yeah, but the public knows nothing, so we can't we can't just we can't judge like like the current response and say okay, well. If it hasn't happened now, because the truth is, is there's been so much censorship. People have literally known nothing. So they, they've had no, they haven't seen any of this. And that's the problem. It's not that, that we've reached that critical mass. It's that we've, not, we've never even gotten close to the critical mass. Yeah, but maybe, maybe it's just not possible that, the, that they've got such a vice-like grip that... You know. No, I don't think so. But, but uh, like I said, the censorship is so unprecedented. Like, I'm sure that a lot of this has been happening for a long time. Like, I'm sure that they've, they've always tried to push narratives. Oh. And they probably even had help from the intelligence community to do so. But this time, the censorship was so pervasive 
And they were, I mean, it was open, they were doing it, but it was so pervasive that you can't really compare um, people's awareness of anything right now to anything prior to this because we've never had censorship on this scale. Not even close. And we've had it, I'm sure, but not anything like this. Well, the, the, the sophisticated nature of it where they can sort of come in and individually target, shut someone down such that any, oh, yeah. any reach is, uh, becomes minimal. Turn off your PayPal. Yeah. Yeah. To close down your websites. Yeah. Yeah. This is unprecedented. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what we've been facing. Um, sadly. Uh, but, well. But no, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've covered everything we need to cover. Because we, we could literally go on forever. Yeah, I mean, there's... But, but there's... yeah, but I think this is a good encapsulation of, of where we currently stand right now. Yeah, and you know, hopefully, things do move forward on the legal front. Um, well, we have to try. And that's that's my current activities. That's my current goal, and I, I think we'll get there. I re I remain very optimistic, not short term, but in long term. Yeah, and the the place that'll happen, I th I think, is the U.S. Um, you know, for all the European Union MPs sort of nailing Pfizer a few weeks ago, um, I just don't, I don't think European peoples are in a situation to be able to push back like, like you can in the US. There's a sort of, I don't know. You've got a frontier-like mentality, maybe. But there's, I, I don't know, there's a there's a grit in the US that you don't see in Europe. And I hope that's enough to, to sort of drag, drag us through. To well, and on, my, on my arms, I have two biblical verses in Koine Greek because I'm a nerd and uh, and one of them is well they're both philosophies that I live by but uh, and and one of them well one of them is yanga kaporitho mesoskiastanatu ufobethesumai kaka well, the first half of it, which is um, basically, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And that's the key part of it that's always left out. And the reason I put it there, well, PTSD, but the reason I put it there was because it reminds me that whatever you're doing, uh, you're not alone, or you don't have to be alone. <laughs> and, the, and the fact that we're in, we have to stick together. Like, yeah. And the good thing is that, is that we're not doing it alone. But we have to, we also have to fight against people who are, who've been trying to separate us for two and a half years. They've been trying to weaken us by dividing us. And, and so we have to get over that. And then the other one is a, a, a different verse. The first one was from a song, but the second one, is from when Jesus meets John the Baptist. And 
whether or not you're you're Christian or not. Well, first of all, it's ancient Greek because I know ancient Greek because I studied history. But the when when Jesus meets John the Baptist, he 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 asks him to baptize him, and John the Baptist says, "Why would I baptize you? You are literally the Savior. You, you don't need to you don't need to save yourself. You don't need to baptize yourself to be cleansed of anything." I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, Jesus looks at him and says, well, no, you, you don't understand. I'm, I'm not doing it because I have to. Obviously, I, I don't have to. Uh, but uh, what, what he says is, we do this to fulfill all righteousness, which if you want to translate that, it would be basically to set the example, to walk the walk. Like if I'm going to tell you to do it, then I'm going to do it. It's not because I, I have to. It's because I want you to see what has to be done. Because this is the way to do it. And that's that's been my philosophy, is we, no matter what else is going on in the world, the best thing that we can do is if, if we know that something is the right thing, then then we have to do it. We can't wait for somebody else to do it. All right. All right. And thankfully, you know, you've done it, I've done it. We, there's been a lot of us, and that's exactly that's exactly what we're supposed to do right now. We're yeah. supposed to walk the walk because if if there's evil and there and there oh, there's definitely evil, bro. Stuff, <laughs> then we have to, we have to we can't just stand up. We have to actually do something, and that's what we're doing. That's what makes me feel. That's how I go to sleep at night is knowing that we are doing it. I'm doing everything that I can do to not just stand up, but to actually do something about it. And because of that, I have confidence. Because, but like like I've said, I will. I don't worry about what will happen if the world goes to shit. Because I will be dead before it happens. I refuse. I will do everything in my power to prevent that from happening. So, because I'm tired of people dying, I'm tired of died suddenly. I, I'm tired of, of people, t of, of our own government tearing us apart, telling that the unvaccinated are unclean. Well, and they've done it again of, today. Yeah, they did it again today. I'm, I'm tired of, of raising up evil and portraying it as heroic, like without you, because he's not. Because he knew everything that I told you today. And they, they still showered women with praise and refused to refused to investigate him because the party in power um, lassoed their, you know, they tied their cart to him. And it's sickening because well, uh, yeah, in just... terms of Americans lost, this is basically World War Three. Yeah. War. Yeah. And this is, this is something that I've tried to stick to is just to, you know, I'm not um, military genius, but it doesn't take a genius to realize you're, you're, you're at war right now, right? It, what, there's bodies everywhere, there's pathogens everywhere, there's hot conflicts breaking out where there shouldn't be hot conflicts. Um, it doesn't, uh, and you know, this is well, it's the first stream I've done. Well, the last stream I did was the one in the hotel room with you, but. Um, <laughs> You know, I, one of the things that struck me in the U.S. 
was just the empty shelves, bro. I couldn't... If you'd said to me a few years back, after my experience of doing in the US, that you would you would see nationwide empty shelves. I saw it in Pennsylvania, I saw it in Texas, and I saw it in Michigan. Um, and the, the only the only shop that seemed okay was Tractor Supply. <laughs> I got my my new clothes from. Bought new clothes. Bought new clothes. Tractor clothes to to survive. But um, like the garage we went into, right? Did you see the empty shelves in there? Where we? I mean, yeah. they're spreading things out on the shelf more, and and that that's the reality. Is that this is this is a war. But on the bright side, we outnumber them yeah. 99.99 to 1. Wow, for the and, moment. And, well, for <laughs> maybe, the moment. Maybe, maybe. The good they're... news is we're still, we're still in, a, in a place in this war mm. where we don't need a weapon mm. because the truth is enough. Because it's more powerful than a weapon. <laughs> because I can't convince, like I can, I can convince, I can point a gun at somebody and convince them to do something. But... But I don't need to do that because if I if if I just get them to pay attention and then I they actually see what the truth is, then uh, I don't have to fire any bullets. And that's the the entire reason that they're trying to censor us is because they know that that's true. They desperately want the world to fall apart. They desperately want an excuse. They want us to rise up with guns yeah. and try yeah. it that way. Yeah. And the truth, but the truth is, is that we don't have to. But that's why they're censoring because they don't they don't want they want they can try they can they might be able to keep control in the instance where everybody gets their guns but they cannot keep control if everybody learns the truth they just can't yeah oh man that's a that's a good place to to wrap it up um i'll let you go i'll, I'll run the intros but yeah it's uh, always fascinating dude <laughs> Uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like we covered. I feel like this is a pretty damn good stream. Yeah, yeah, um, and you know it's it's good to keep going over this stuff, right? It, you know the the thing with off six just now, um, that's that's the power of sort of having um, the the community that is is around is you know oh, if you slip up, someone someone's there and. You know, it's active 24 hours a day. Uh, I, I, I look forward. Like, I would love actual scientific discussions with scientists over this in public. So, I mean, I'm not afraid of the truth. If I'm wrong in some areas, I don't mind admitting that I'm wrong. Um, but the, what, what we shouldn't do is is give up <laughs> on evidence when we when we haven't figured out that it's wrong yet like we, we should always put all weapons that we have at our disposal so well and hopefully be smart enough that the more primitive weapons stay in the stay in the locker right that's um that should be the the end goal here but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I guess. I guess. Um, we'll see how the coming weeks unfold because we've got the winter season upon us, right? 
we did. We yeah. did. Winter in Europe. Yeah. Eventually, investigations in the new Congress in January, and uh, you know it's going to be a rough time. But at the same time, that's the truth. I'm tired of blood being shed, and the truth will shed a lot less blood at this point than force. Let's hope so. All right, bro. I will let you go, and then I'll um, finish up the, the stream. Um, I'll. I'll well, what time is it there? Yeah, it's one eleven a.m. Oh, I probably need to get some sleep. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll follow up, and um, like I say, there's still there's still more to um, to go over. Like I say, I've missed I've missed so much, and the Sort of last few weeks I took a break had a break vacation fuck you if you're whinging at well, me well I don't mind I don't <laughs> mind helping you catch back up uh, yeah I, let's say I'm, I I need to get uh, caught back up and um, but you know what you know what I've realised I can't I can't sit in the in front of the computer <laughs> 15 hours a day anymore I'm uh, I'm too saddle sore Charles. Well, oh, good, good. My backside hurts too much. <laughs> All right, I'll let you go, and uh, you take it easy, dude. And have a good night. All right, bro. Take it easy. All um, right, folks. There we go. Uh, awesome, Charles. And um, yeah, the uh, let's say. Deep, deep stuff. Right, let me just... Uh, I'll read some comments and then I'll get out of here. So, uh, yeah, thank you, Buddha Man, for the link. Let's see. Rixie, frontline shot taker. Yeah, uh, he's uh, he's a hard man. Uh, we, we should be... We're blessed to have him. These injections are triggering things. A lot of things and nothing else reactivating latent viruses. Yes, 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 and yes, Jenny, I agree. Um... And Charles did get vaccinated, but very early on. Um, let's see. Uh, I haven't trusted them in a long time. Uh, yeah, just um, <laughs> remember your government loves you. Uh, let's see. My instinct knew they were lying their ass off and still are. Oh, yeah, for sure. Put the name and face on a list and show it over and over while we're trying. How much is pure blood jizz selling for? I don't know. Uh, I luckily found Kev right as the shots were coming out. Thank God this man saved my ass. I'll put a man. Thank you. Um, I'm glad you're all around. Um, I was getting information before from Reddit. Well, hopefully we're cut above Reddit. Let's see. First, they tell us the injections have to be kept at sub-zero temperatures. Then they realise it can be done. Said, "Oh fuck it, never mind." Yep, that's true. Uh, is guilty working? No. <laughs> hey, where's my guilty button? Guilty. Not working. Yeah, never mind. Uh, let's see. We don't need propaganda. We don't need fauci jabs. Leave our kids alone. Yeah. Uh, yes. Please support the stream. Go to McCannDojo.com. Um, we're, the, the next up that I'm going to be doing with respect to sort of practical application is uh, intracerebral, so m injecting into the brain um, vaccine. And I, I want to see if we can get a hit for amyloid. Um, 
if we do, we do. If we don't, um, we'll take that data point and move on with it. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Is the World Cup on? I didn't even realize. Uh, time diminishes all returns. Yep. Most people are in denial phase at the moment. Uh, yes, uh, I, I think so. Um, I do think so. Um, yeah, please use the um, the streaming platform. We talk, you listen. Uh, let's just bring that up. Um, you know, this is just one way of trying to um, get around this censorship and um, shout out to our Simon Phoenix for all his work on here. Uh, we should be streaming live on there. I need to... Um, catch up with Ryan, um, Ryan Dawson. He wants to stream on the platform, but um, there we go. There's a live stream there and all the previous streams will be in uh, Giant Science Show. Oh, approaching 50,000 views. How cool is that? Um, not bad, not bad for our little biddy um, self-supported platform. Um, so salute to everyone that helps uh, keep the fight going uh ksa says absolutely amazing info thank you charles and kev oh, you're welcome um kevin and charles what's the best way to make contact um you can email or um discord is a good way to get hold of me if you go mccandojo.com uh and um you can join the Discord there, and I'm I'm available most hours um, on the Discord. I can be reached there. Um, let's see. Jenny says the evildoers majorly majorly screwed the pooch. Need punishing. There's no way out. It's going to destroy. Yeah, look. Um, I'm not. Uh, I'm not buying into this amnesty bullshit that they're pushing. No, no fucking way. Not on my watch. Uh, Rix is an American hero. Yes. Uh, let's see. Death squads moved on to kill. <laughs> well, look, my my concern is, you know, if history is any metric, um, it's the purges that come next. And so, you know, what does what does that mean? Um, are we going to are we going to be shipped off to the gulag, or maybe they just realise it's easier just to keep you gulagged in your home? So keep that in mind. Uh, by the way, they found even a mild infection causes your organs to age four times faster. So shaving many years off your life. Can I also look older? <laughs> Already, yeah. Uh, don't, look, don't look tip top for my age. Uh, Marty, never mind. Thank you for posting links. Let me just, uh, let me just check. Let me see if anyone sent a dono today. Um, bam. Let's do this. Come on. Oh, yes. I want to say thank you to... Um, let's see. I believe... Maybe that's Tennessee. Uh, whoever that was in Tennessee. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, makes it... Uh, eases the pain. Let's see... Let's see, I believe it. Medcrams also said, even with mild infection, chance of having seizure increased for the first six months. Um, 
over multiple victims after mass shooting at Walmart in Chesapeake, Virginia. It's a shame. <sighs> multiple fatalities as gunman opens fire inside Walmart. Death toll less than 10. Over 40. Okay. Impulse control disorders, folks. Uh, let's see. And Deuteronomy. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. I, I, I am a fallen, fallen man, I'm afraid. I don't know. I don't know if this, uh, this retribution, or retribution, what's the word I'm looking for? But anyway, well, if, I hope I can be saved. I'm trying. Uh, comes from the chapter with Shima. Don't know what that means. How are we unclean when they're the ones injecting themselves with substances? Everything is inverted once you know that all makes sense. Welcome to Mirror World. Uh, maybe. Um. Fucking scumbag libtards in Canada are proceeding and banning semi-auto rifles, including pistol, caliber turbines, bastards. Um, rail strike next on the agenda. Yeah, um, expect a lot of industrial action. Uh, let's see, normal devil. I killed the. No, not quite. I love these little vape pens. They're great. Uh, let's see. Uh, Legend says, "Holy crap! I've been checking for days. It's all right. I'll watch replay. Very good to see both of you. Well, uh, good to see you as well, Legend. Yeah, um, it was nice meeting you as well. In uh, where was it? Austin. What's that other city? What's that other city in fucking Texas? Houston. That's where it was. Yeah, uh, getting tired. Uh, most people think I'm not so evil. So evil does not exist. Yeah. Um." Let's see, you need to disperse the information via multiple methods. Yeah, I I agree, Simon. I saw the what you were saying about trying to for archiving and what have you. Uh, have automation tooling to rapidly pivot to jump ahead of various sensor shadow banning systems. I agree. Um, contact details. Um, well, you can email me, Kevin. Uh, oops. You can use that email to get in touch with me. Um, who was asking? Tao. I think that's her. Uh, let's see. Yes, they want armed conflict. Yeah, of course they want armed conflict. Uh, what happened to the ICJ case? Um, I submitted my affidavit. I don't know. Was that but some lawyers and solicitors in the UK, as far as I know. I did my bit. Um uh, let's see, they found Ghislaine a body double already serving life and offered her a deal because she's prison and maybe a short sentence we don't get many pictures at all, like one or two so eyebrows are wrong, is that true? wouldn't surprise me um, let's see, 9 million refugees about to storm the EU uh, from Ukraine you mean let's see uh, much the same, been following the coons for a while but I usually listen to replay uh, well welcome to the live stream um uh, this is just nicotine. I, I wouldn't dare bring back um, anything to Japan. Um, uh, don't mind having catch back up. Yeah, <laughs> wicked bad. <laughs> uh, Kev, audio low on your end. Uh, great interview. Yeah, look, man, um, it was one of the real highlights of my trip to um, meet Charles. And I met so many cool people. Um, so... Uh, it was it was worth doing. Um, you want to 
um, you want to uh, get as face to face with as many as possible, man, because you know we're, we're all in the same foxhole at the moment. Um, uh, do, 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 do. Um, Epstein's bank accounts went active again several months after his death when COVID hit the news. Good timing. Yeah. Um, update the link on Dojo. The YouTube link goes to the dead profile. Uh, I will. I will do that. Thank you, VIP. Um, let's see. People are starting to wake up to the lies. Well, it needs to be faster. I guess the world really is rather small. Are you part of the Raccoon Discord? Um, should be. Please tell your friends and family about us and the work Kevin Charles are doing. Yes. Um, uh, let's see. I'd be interested in seeing Dr. Kev talk to Hell by the Dashboard Light. I don't know who that is, but I'll speak to anyone. Um, uh, let's see. Yep, go to stream platform right nearly at the end here. Um, maybe give Dashboard some dating tips. <laughs> what that means um you don't want dating tips from me uh let's see um update the youtube link on the site uh, i'll do that after the stream is finished um uh, do, 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 do. let's see rumble I, I we need to get the chat synced up so rumble is um working but uh well I didn't even I didn't even check how many we had watching the stream, but oh over a hundred and ten. Nice. Uh let's see. Discord also monitors what's going on in other applications while it's opened on browser, so I'm very cautious. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> I've had friends get expelled from school for using Discord to cheat on homework. That is funny. Um let's see. Uh yeah, you're not all <laughs> I'm trying to tone that down for the moment. So uh, let's see. Uh, I'm thinking about switching to Telegram. Um, uh, Telegram has problems. They, they all have problems, to tell the truth. Um, yeah, it's why we're trying to. Redemption. Yes, thank you. Thank you, good doggy. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, let's see. You are one fallen mofo. <laughs> Cheers, Charles. Uh, consider becoming a patron of Good Duck. Yes, do that. Um, Telegram seems safer, but you have to give your number to use it. Yep. Uh, let's see. And others like Charles, Mark, Jonathan, etc. Yeah, let's say there's been some that have been plugging away uh, right from the beginning. Um, Dash has said he will upload old videos. I don't know who Dash is. Uh, or also says, wonderful see, I was worried about the raccoons. She had no notifications. Love to you, you wonderful man. Oh, thank you, uh, Aurora Storm. Um Reading metadata and adding to library, 15,000 books. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm going to leave this up on YouTube. Um, I just, I, I think it's important to leave it up. Um, I don't know. Do I, do I take it down off YouTube? <sighs> what do I do? I don't know. I'll, I'll think about it. Uh, anyone seen Died Suddenly Forts? Um, yes, uh, I watched it. Um, again, thank God, because it was stupid Peters, right? So, um, thank God they weren't pushing graphene or um, magnetic nano disks. And I'm of the opinion we have the biology figured out for the um, 
the clots that we're seeing, they're, they're amyloid fibrils. Um, the, the biology is relatively well understood. Um, but yeah, it does, it does show amyloidosis. Let's see. I think Alex likes to tease the community with an archive release, but also wants to make money off of it, which probably won't happen. Okay. Uh, dashboard and Adonic, but still has sense of humor. Um, why Why am I gone quiet? It's not quiet. Stop it. Um, unlist it and link to it. Maybe I'll do that. There's no live chat for Rumble in the Android app. I think they do it on purpose. Don't want us organizing, but don't mind funneling most of us to other platforms. Yep. Um, let's see. Dash said it was against his principles to ask for money, but now that he's blacklisted, I think he needs the money. Not great seller and capitalist overall. Um, I need money. <laughs> help help the doc uh, keep, keep the lights on. Um, uh, Let's see, Dashboard Light is a fringe YouTuber with a PhD in physics. He thinks world population is much lower than stated. Uh, the lie exists to further drive the population lower. Interesting. Um, leave the stream up for a wee while. All right, I will do. Okay, that's me caught up with the chat. Thank you for listening. It was very, very cool. Um, I, I think I'll go and re-listen to it as well because there was a lot of information to digest. And um, I need I need to get back up to speed. Uh, with what was going on um, and yeah so with that uh, I'm out of here so uh, it's been a while since I hit this button but um, I will see you in the next one guys I've got a good um, a good paper that I wanted to uh, do um, uh, did it nature 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 yes this this paper um we'll do this one so um we'll look at the pathology of the s2 subunit and um amyloid buildup <laughs> it's broken my computer's hanging um so next stream we'll do that we'll get into some neuroscience right i'm out of here take care god bless see you in the next one bro you don't know how angry i am you do i'm like i was just leaving for fucking work you do not understand how fucking pissed off after reading that all on i would be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine fuck these papers I will fucking kill each fucking kappa! I swear! This is not a fucking joke anymore! This is fucking dead serious! I am fucking dead serious! These people don't know who the fuck they actually say! Fuck these kappas! No fucking vaccine or MRA or ever first you are fucking blood blood! Never! No! I will fucking die! Fucking fighting for my fucking bees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lily! Motherfuckers! All that fire. This guy. Let's check what we found down. 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 Let